the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, November 9th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam, this is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! of the podcast is brought to you as always by man rubs where you can mm. find rubs barbecue tools blow torches t-shirts coffee cups all around barbecue related gear for you to make barbecue great again you can find them at manrubs.com use the code steak 15 for 15 percent off your order also brought to you by stay ready gear stay ready gear.com and on instagram stay ready gear usa holsters custom kydex mag carriers tourniquet carriers on and off duty gear for all you military and law enforcement listeners want something custom they can hook you up use the code steak for five percent off your order don't get ready stay ready the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear specializing in headphones can be found at odyssey and odyssey.com they're on facebook they're on instagram whether you're uh potting gaming or in-studio recording check out everything they have on their sites to make that experience just a little bit better mike down at West Coast Survival Arms, has a newly designed website. He's a licensed FFL, if you're into tradies, and he's been servicing Southern California for over a decade. Mike's at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. None of the medics who listen to this show could ever be considered mediocre. They love buying gear from mediocremedic.com. They have an Instagram that's pretty fire. Whether you're into flip-flops and fanny packs or some patches for your uh, EMS bags, all the uh, first responders, police, firefighters that support this show also support Mediocre Medic. And last but not least, Marcho Friday, the patch father, dumpbox.us, home of the zero fucks duck. You can find Mark on Instagram. You can find him on Facebook as well. Hit him up for that uh, active duty and retired military promo code. And get the inside info on the newest Zero Fucks Ducks drops. Friends, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. Even though it's shadow banned into oblivion. Yep. And, and literally just sits there as, a, as an account now. But there you'll find a link tree that will take you to all our social medias, our website, our telegram, and more. And on that note, welcome. Tuesday edition. Steak for Breakfast Podcast. Episode 80. I'm Roan, joined as always by the pod team, now appearing in the iTunes News and Commentary Top 100. Got him. Co-pilot Noah. What's up? Here in the lab. Um, I wouldn't call her Chewbacca. She's more of a Lando. Miss Antoinette's here. <laughs> What's up, guys? I like it. And our first guest today, we're going to have two of them. She's the seven-time defending 
Don't get, say I'm not a guest anymore. Okay, just say it. Just get, say it. Guest host. Hi, everybody. It's me again. Geisha's here. <laughs> She's always available for friend. us, and we're always excited to bring her to all of you as we're getting ready to jump into the news cycle. Geisha, welcome back. Guest hosting Thank duties you. today. We love it. We'll just call it co-host. You're co-hosting with us today. Yeah. Yay, there you go. Upgrade, bitches. Sorry. Um, hi, everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Chilling, you know, in the middle of all this nonsense and craziness. But we're yeah. all good. And, you know, let's, let's make it happen. I don't know. Yeah. So technically uh, now you can say you're in the top 100 of iTunes podcast uh, news and commentary. Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, Geisha, why don't you give us... I know we talked to you a few weeks ago, but just a little update on the... <clears throat> The state of things, the absolute state of things in the uh, Big Apple. What's going on over there in, in Gotham, New York City? How tall are the trash piles today? <laughs> you can't lie to us. Mike Crispy showed us. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been working on making things very, you know, charming, cozy within in here. So if anything happens, I know I'll have my blankets and I'm going to, you know, if it's going to be a freezing cold storm or something, I'm going to die slowly, but cozy. But anyway, outside, it's good. Uh, in terms of like, there's been a lot of people standing up and, and, you know, I've seen, um, the fire, you know, fire guys, the fire guys, like, what's the bomberos, what's the, you know, fireman term in English, but damn, I'm like, I'm like in a podcast in English. I can't even know how to say a fireman. Bomberos uh, sounds cooler though. Bomberos. I've seen, um, a lot of, um, you know, from all the different areas from, uh, protests, uh, for the airline uh, issues that they've been having with the vaccine mandates and all the, you know, going against the children mandates, um, uh, you know, so in a way that, of course, there's still a large amount of people um, very close, uh, or I'll say just sleeping minded, because you still see people on the subway just just cover their the whole face, even though they don't have to, like, nobody's going to ask you to wear one, like I go everywhere with any mask or anything, which is one of the reasons why my my mental health is still okay, because I left California because of that, it was too intense, California, they, they, they were just screaming at you to put your mask on. And it's like, what are you what's going on? But at least New York, it's, it's more chill, at least right now, and nobody messes with me. Also, because the the you know the division is so so strong, um, and you know how everyone is can get offended over like you're a woman of color or anything. Maybe they think because I'm a woman of color, they cannot yell at me because I'm gonna yell at them back. So you know what I mean? It's like I'm using their whole um, I don't know cancel culture uh, to just walk around without mask and not getting yelled at. I do that yeah. here too. We're in, I mean, well, obviously we're in San Diego, and I've actually just with how stressed I've been over everything that's going on and irritated. Mm-hmm. I don't wear a mask unless I absolutely have to. I've been waiting for somebody to say something to me. Just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I love. It's like They'll be intimidated. They wouldn't come and be like, oh, you, uh, no, never mind, sir. Have a good day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I weigh, I weigh like 215 pounds, so maybe they're just not, you know. Yeah, I think besides burn, burning the midnight oil at Walmart, I don't really wear a mask anywhere else, period. I, 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 and I have it in months. Yeah, I don't even do it there. Either. Really I, I went to Walmart the other night when I was walking in, this uh, old Asian lady, you know, they have like, they, they changed it because. Was she begging for change? No, at the one that I, I went to. Now they ask I, you if you want yeah. one. Yeah, she's like, did you want? And I'm like, I- I'm medically exempt. She goes, huh? I go, medically exempt. Huh? <laughs> I'm like, that's, I can't That's wear when you one. change over to fuck yourself. Nice. And she's like, oh, oh, 
okay. But then I had an interaction later on. I'll tell you guys that later. It was hilarious. So funny. We're going to try and stay off COVID as much as possible this week. They sure have been hiding Dr. Anthony Fauci pretty well lately, I think, for his uh, appearance on the Five Guys Zoom call that we played a few weeks ago, in addition to his uh, (laughs) Senate subcommittee hearing that he appeared on and got destroyed by Rand Paul last week. They're hiding somebody else, too. Yeah, they sure are. Governor Mussolini, who decided to get the grab bag of boosters. I just posted a a good meme before. It was a picture of, like, a guy, um, like, whipping his bride around on a beach <laughs> and it had Newsom and Jen Psaki's faces on them. So, and it's like, we found them. Well, I mean, I know we're going to try to stay off COVID, but I mean, the reporting is that I he got, he got, he got the Johnson and Johnson jab and the Moderna jab and potentially a booster on top, on top of that. And then got, uh, what is it called? The Elaine Barr syndrome. Yeah. What's the other Bell's the other, palsy? Bell's palsy, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I and you know what? Between us, I I mean, I I'm not going to say who told me, but somebody that's really connected with RFK and Be- people. Between us, we're actually on a podcast right now, so it's not. Yeah, I was like, yeah. well, between us and our listeners, I, I'm not. I mean, I'm <laughs> not going to say who told I me. Exclusively share that one. Exclusively for stakes. Oh, a steak exclusive. Um, exclusive. We haven't had one of those in a while. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, I heard he can't even breathe on his own. I was told. Oh, that's a shame. Do, do you think he still got that smarmy smile on his face right now? I bet not. Oh, did you see the video where his half his smile was um it was like melting his left side of his face? Is it this was like, like prior to yeah, all that happening? I don't know. There's there's a lot of Photoshop memes out there, so I'm gonna wait till he actually does a public appearance to determine on whether or not. Oh yeah, for sure, of course. What but if no, he, what if he died? Good. That'd be crazy. Well, he was at the he was I at know. the uh, oil tycoon, the Getty families. He was at a wedding. Oh no! Guess what? Guess what? I know somebody that went there. And he was nowhere to be found. Was he wearing a Phantom of the Opera mask, like half of his face? Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Well, he wore the, the Joe Biden covers from like ear to ear mask, but I heard he only went for the in church ceremony and then left. Oh. Yeah, nobody nobody saw him. And the person that I know um, that told me all the details said that he was nowhere to be found. So if he did that, he went in and out fast where nobody could see him. Maybe he looks, like, he looks like that guy from uh, the Robocop movie who's like got dumped in the acid. Nice. Help me, help me. And then he gets hit by yeah, a car and it turns into mush. Double face? I don't know. I just double cara is what we call it. Could have been a stand-in, you know. He had a mask on. All right, Geisha, I just want to let you know before we get started on the news, and we're going to jump back through the weekend with you right now because we've got a lot to cover of stuff that happened this weekend. Um, unfortunately for you, you were unseated as our highest downloaded guest. Oops. Last Friday by Raheem Kassam of the National File and, and Steve Bannon's War Room. Um, yeah. Now, if you combine all of your appearances on this show, you still smoke him bigly, mm-hmm. but single show applicants, uh, he, he took your crown. However, you did show me a tiara that you have at your house. <laughs> uh, you texted it to me this morning. I asked for you to wear it, but you said it was really uncomfortable. So I'm going to let Geisha pick, yeah, you know, if you want to push. Yeah. I'm going to let Geisha pick her image for the show today. So Geisha, I need you to pick an image of yourself. That I can use for the show art today, and think okay, think okay. heavy downloads when you send it to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, I, I I always tell Noah that that one where you have like the meme. Yeah. I I just got that there one. That's go. pretty good. We're, All right, I think we're good. Where oh, yeah. you have the meme T-shirt just... on is a good one, but he always wants to put one that's a little bit more boobly. <laughs> Who doesn't like boobs? With, with your crown. Oh, that's with actually your... a good one, except for 
the waiting room image in the top. Okay, that'll work. We'll fish it out. I like it. All right, so the weekend, we went in Friday night late in Washington, D.C., into the 11 o'clock p.m. hour there. Pretty not normal, but again, when Nancy Pelosi was trying to get this infrastructure thing passed, which it did, Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to have to mention before we get into some audio on it and and touch on it briefly because it is what it is. It's done. Um, Republicans who voted with this package and helped get it over the finish line are some of the normal names we read every time the Democrats are able to pass something during this regime. Uh, I'm going to read them now just so if they're in your district or in your state, you guys need to know these people need to be primaried in their next upcoming election. And it's some of the names that you're becoming more familiar with every time one of these things that Joe Biden tries to get across, Nancy Pelosi is able to, you know, uh, get over the finish line. Catco, Bacon, Van Drew, Young, Upton, Kinzinger, who's already quitting, uh, Gonzalez out of Ohio, that should never happen in that state. Reed, Smith, Garbarino, Maliotakis, which kind of surprised me, Fitzpatrick, and McKinley. So those were the Republicans who jumped on with the Democrats to get this thing passed. It's now on Joe Biden's desk waiting his approval and uh, is going to indebt the country for about $1.4 trillion. Um, Before the bill was passed, uh, House Minority Whip Steve Scalise. Whip. Gave a pretty emotional testimony on some of the things that his team was able to dissect out of that. You're going to hear him go through it, but I'll give you some of the bold points. Mass amnesty, mm-hmm. much to our chagrin. Uh, 87,000 new IRS agents equipped to look directly into your bank accounts. Um, all of the insane leftist mandates. How could that go wrong? Free giveaways to union bosses. Wow. And a natural gas tax that will raise energy on the already inflated gas and, and natural gas um reserves that are out there heading into the winter months where people are just going to get absolutely raped in the pocketbook for IRS agents to see now. Is it a truckload of fur coats? Consequently, that's yeah. that's the kickbacks for union <laughs> bosses. Let, let's hear Steve Scalise get into this pretty emotionally and throw some papers all over the House floor. Of course, we just got the text last night over 2,300 yeah. pages. And as we've been combing through... I'd like to point out a few pieces in this bill. Let's start with a natural gas tax. President Biden promised that anyone who makes less than $400,000 a year won't spend a dime, will not pay a dime in new taxes. He even whispers it into the microphone. The only problem is he breaks the promise right here in the bill, a tax that, according to the American Gas Association, will increase household electricity rates by 30%. Percent, And by the way, that's low-income families that mm. pay that tax the hardest. Broken promise by President Obama, uh, Biden right there. Then you go down and you look at amnesty. It's been talked about. Millions of additional people will get amnesty in this bill. And it comes at a time where President Biden is negotiating Initially, he said he wasn't, and then the White House had to go back up and say the Justice Department is negotiating half a million dollar checks to people who came across our border illegally, Mm. and then they're going to give amnesty to millions more people. Estimates are seven million more people. Can you imagine the flood that will come over when they hear that you can get a half a million dollars a person if President Biden gets his way? Then you go down the line. There's more, unfortunately. Let's look at, we'll comb through, IRS agents. Mm. 
How many favorite. of us have our phones ringing off the hooks with people calling saying, please add 87,000 more IRS agents to the rolls? Not one of us has probably gotten that call, yet they put it in the bill. Do they have to they be vaccinated? They call this infrastructure. They call this equity, whatever they want to call it. It's an army of IRS agents that are going to come for your bank account. Gentlemen's recognized one minute. They're going to be combing through your bank account. And why? Because they've got to generate hundreds of billions of dollars to spend on more inflation-inducing spending. Mm. That's right. According to this Penn Wharton account, you're going to have over $4 trillion of spending with $1.5 trillion of new taxes. By the way, that's $2.5 trillion of additional debt, even though the president says there's no cost no cost, just two and a half trillion of debt. But these IRS agents are going to have to account for over $200 billion to find money from your checking accounts. That's what they're trying to do at dark of night. We started the morning at 8 a.m. We're here after 9 p.m. starting to get into the details of this bill. No wonder they don't want a CBO score. No wonder they want to do this by dark of night. This is going to induce more inflation that's hurting families all across America. Listen to what the voters of Virginia said. Stop the mass, this madness. Expired. Defeat this Gentlemen bill. I yield Can't say they didn't warn you. Mm. <clears throat> Awkward. Now, Geisha, you live in uh, New York. You're going to see some newly uh newly renovated taxes there on your fuel costs this winter to uh be heating your yeah. domicile there probably not too thrilled about that you could burn trash <laughs> even my get short PSC on money that is so easy it, the, the prius like those like tiny no no advertisement and it but those vehicles you put a, a few bucks and then you can you know i went from like california to florida with like just a few times that i had to like fill the tank and now it's uh, I'm barely seeing um, you know the the benefits, and I don't imagine somebody with just uh, you know not not a hybrid, not electrical or anything. I mean, it's still bad for electricity as well. Here, here is twice as expensive as California, uh, and um, also as Florida. Yeah. I was in Florida for a few months before I moved here, and uh, I you know they're they're predicting a really bad winter this year so i'm i'm expecting you know uh, you go to costco's and 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 when you think you're saving money you're gonna spend hundreds on just regular uh products here yep like uh, the money that i've spent here is like uh, you know i'm gonna open only fans or something she's gonna start only fans I'll say one thing about Costco, though. I, I went to fill up the other night. Uh, the gas station right right here on the corner next to my house was like uh, four four sixty four seventy. And you're you're in you're in Nevada, right? Yeah, I'm in Vegas. Um, but it's it's a it's a gas station that's literally right off the the freeway. So it's so a little bit more expensive. Usually, yeah, but um, Costco was like three sixty something. I was like, damn, yeah. big yeah. difference. So I always fill up there from now on. It's almost I have, a, I have almost, a big SUV and that shit eats up gas. Yeah, we're almost at five dollars a gallon here in sunny Southern California. It was four eighty nine for regulars, and I, I paid over five bucks for mid grade uh, just two days ago here, and and it is not close to the freeway. It's in suburbia out where I live. Well, they fact checked that uh, seven dollars a gallon uh, news report. Mm -hmm. It's fucking true. Yeah, it's somewhere it out in the middle yeah. of nowhere where there's just like a super remote gas station. Yep. So. 
Is there a reason well, for they, gas they to be that, that much Yeah, more? they do that too. Like when I was driving from Cali to Vegas. Yeah, um, they do it a lot out there. Visit, I saw the one like on the last like long stretch, that gas station, this was a couple years ago, was insanely more expensive. Yep. Right now, parts of Beverly Hills is charging almost eight bucks. Yeah. It was like no. when I was uh, when I was filling in at Walmart in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was actually bringing gas cans with me when I would visit California <laughs> so I could not yeah. use California gas to get yeah. back. I would like have a whole tank, drive all the way there, dump some gas in so I could get back across the border and then fill up again. <laughs> it was amazing. That's smart. That's actually. probably illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Well, following that, uh, like we said, the bill passed and now is waiting, awaiting Joe Biden's signature as it will go through the 90 days of vetting. Well, who knows if it'll get a score? Uh, Raheem Kassam last week predicted we might see one sometime after Thanksgiving, but it would be in lieu of it already being signed, so it doesn't matter, uh, a CBO score. Uh, Joe Biden came out of the coffin to talk about infrastructure week and uh, after whispering into the microphone that he was excited that it was infrastructure week um, talked about things that had nothing to do with infrastructure Um, yeah it's it's, it was pretty bad he did uh, get into a little bit of a shouting match with uh, one of the pool reporters there a whisper match Uh, no it was a shouting match and it was on the uh, shout whispering half a million dollar payments for illegals crossing the border let's hear how that kind of uh, oh he touched on that one again good yes sputtered out of control uh, that this report about uh, migrant families at the border getting payments uh, was garbage. No, I didn't uh, say that. Let's get it straight. You Did he say he didn't say it? Everybody coming across the border gets five hundred, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. So the number was what you had a problem. The number I was referring to. Okay. Now here's the thing. Sure. Here's the deal. If in fact, because of the the outrageous behavior of the last administration, you coming across the border, whether it was legal or illegal, and you lost your child. You lost your child. He's gone. Or your wallet. You deserve some kind of compensation, no matter what the circumstance. What that will be, I have no idea. I have no idea. But you're saying DOJ negotiated. So there was that. Lost um, your child. You gave him away to coyotes. Wait, lost or or lost? Were separated. Like I don't understand. Like how do you lose? Your, I mean, I know how you lose your child. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. <laughs> They will stay. They're willing so to spend what are they the doing now? Insane. Well, now people are probably losing their children on purpose. Oh, they yeah. sure are. Like they're borrowed children. Yeah. Um, he did go on to mock. You don't get your deposit back though if you lose the rental car. Believe it or not, Americans' intelligence <laughs> when it came down to uh, things that had to do with uh, the supply chain issues we're having, and he said normal Americans wouldn't understand if I don't let the boats offshore of major ports unload and deliver product to the store, then prices are going to be higher. Supply is going to be lower and in turn inflation will occur. Well, they don't ever touch on the fact that they've actually outlawed owner operators from operating in California, which is, I would venture to say a huge fraction of our truck driving force that I would say in the forties percentile. probably. Yeah. So, I mean, that's obvious what that's going to do. It's like, Hey, you own your own truck. You're your own business. You're an owner operator. Guess what? Like, I mean, what are the what is that doing to those guys right now that are already struggling? Like, it's just another entire subgroup of people that are just decimated yeah. by all these stupid. Completely. Yeah. Sad. No, well, let's hear how he weighed on in on it and challenged the intelligence of the normal American. 
<laughs> Democratic Congresswoman Abigail Spamberger said of your presidency this week, nobody elected him to the FDR, they elected him to be normal and stop the chaos. How do you view your mandate after Tuesday's election losses for Democrats, and is she wrong? Well, Abigail's a friend. We had a long talk. She joked and said, and I have a picture, she said, I have a picture of Roosevelt hanging in my office, her office, okay? I don't intend to be anybody but Joe Biden. Huh? That's who I am. Joe Biden. And what I'm trying to do is do the things that I ran on to do. And look, people out there are ordinary, hardworking Americans, are really, really been put through the ringer the last couple years, starting with COVID. COVID has disrupted almost every family one way or another, whether it's wearing a mask or losing a family member. Or losing you know, 750,000 plus Americans dead? Wrong. No. 750,000. No, false. And so people are worried. People are also worried about, you know, coming up, they, they don't, understandably. Why is the price of, of, of agricultural products, and when I go to the store, why is it higher? What, like, for example, <clears throat> if I had, if we were all going out and having lunch together, and California. I said, let's ask whoever the, whoever's in the next table, no matter how, wh what restaurant we're in, have, have them explain the supply chain to us. Think they'd understand what's, what we're talking about? Yeah, 40% less They're smart drivers. people, but supply chain. Well, why is everything backed up? Well, it's backed up because the people supply the materials that end up being on our kitchen table or in our, in, in our, our, fam, our, our, our life. Uh, Guess what? They're closed those plants because they have COVID. They're not. And so it's a complicated no, world. Liar. No. The people are facing. We've never faced anything like this before. Yeah, president. I mean, like I'm this. not saying it's the worst of every time in American history, but we've worst never president. faced anything this this sort of defiant of understanding of what's going on. And you can understand why people are upset. And I, I, whether you have a PhD or you're or, or you're working, you know, in a restaurant, it's confusing. And so people are understandably worried. They're worried. And so. All I can say is what I'm going to try to do is explain to the American people as best I can. And by the way, you all write for a living. I haven't seen any one of you explain the supply chain very well. No, no, I'm not being critical. I'm being deadly earnest. When your editor says, Ernest? explain the supply chain. Who's Ernest? Okay. He died. Lots of luck in your senior years, my coach used to say. Ernest goes to the presidency. So there was that. I mean... Ramblings. I mean, really telling us if we don't get the shot, this is the supply chain issue isn't going away. <laughs> yeah, that, that was basically the undertone of that because all the businesses are now closed because of COVID. Oh, you literally yeah. decimated 40% of the ability for California to export all of the agricultural stuff that we provide to the entire country. And yep. even, even stuff that gets shipped off, you know, to the other parts of the world too. My friend moved to Costa Rica. His stuff is on a ship. Well, from California, they won't give it to him, and they're charging him every single day insane amount of money because they're late and they can't drop off his his container of personal belongings. <laughs> oh, perfect! He's getting so he's getting taxed for it sitting on the boat. So that's like if you rented a car and then it got stolen, and then you got charged every day until the rental car got found. Yep, or the insurance company yeah. sorted it out. Wow, I actually yep. they might do that to you. That seems. He asked oh, paper. I, I couldn't yeah. believe it when he told me. I was like, "What the fuck? What are you talking about?" And he's like, "No, I swear to God, it's true." How much They're is it costing him a day? 
a lot. I forgot, but he said it's going to be insane. Like, well, what what is the benefit for them if he runs out of money and can't pay it? Like, well, good, we get to keep all this guy's shit. They can just be like, yeah, I'll cancel. I'll buy a new one. Whatever you're shipping, I'll just I'll just buy it. Don't worry, don't have to ship it. Just keep it because it's going to be more money. Huh? Well, they seize it and they put things to auction. I think just like they do with cars and shit like that, you oh. know. God. Or the or whatever pirate it goes on um, storage wars. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> storage wars. Well, we did have some uh, pushback from the right. Uh, first, we have NRCC chairman, Republican out of Minnesota, Tom Emmer. He jumped on with Fox News to talk about why this narrative and now passed infrastructure bill will eventually lead to the demise of the people who are currently occupying office. Let's hear on some of, let's hear some of the items that he kind of checked off going down, talking about this now. Democrats, uh, through their defund the police antics, have created a massive crime wave across this country. Democrats, through their insatiable desire to spend trillions of dollars, are driving inflation like we haven't seen in decades. And Democrats, because of their open border policies, have created a crisis on our southern border. And now they're talking about uh, giving $450,000 to illegal immigrants who are separated at the border. They simply are out of touch with Main Street America. And that's why they're going to lose the majority in, a, in uh, 12 months. Now, that's pretty good to hit the check marks, but I do like a little bit more steak and potatoes when I get my explanation on things like that. Mm-hmm. Now retired, because he was married last month, largest pussy slayer in the Beltway, Matt Gates. <laughs> uh, jumped, he got married? He did. Oh, good for him. Yeah, on a whim. I guess they eloped. Hmm. He got married in Beverly Hills, I think, uh, last month. Uh, jumped on with Grant Stinchfield last night. And I think he kind of frames it a little bit better. And he talks about this is the 115th Congress voted into the United States, the House and the Senate. They've accomplished very little. And then he kind of highlights what their big benchmarks were. Um, we, we cover them normally on this show, but I think it's kind of good to hear one representative talk about it all at once. Well, you just watch, especially on the Acela corridor, you've got people who want to roll right out of Congress and into big four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar a year jobs as lobbyists. And so they back the lobbyist bill. But we don't have to tolerate that. You see, Kevin McCarthy isn't the, the cause of these problems. He's the symptom because we have Republicans willing to say, oh, shucks, you know, we'll always lose a few. Nancy Pelosi is in the majority mm-hmm. and she lost less than half the votes that we lost in the minority. And I I think right away, John Katko should be removed as the Republican lead on the Homeland Security Mm -hmm. Committee and everyone else who voted for these bills. Grant, I think there were five key votes in the 115th Congress. Impeachment, the January 6th committee, removing Marjorie Taylor Greene from committees, the Steve Bannon sanction, and this infrastructure bill. And we have Republicans who voted against us on all five. Those votes define what we believe and how we fight. And you know what? We're not tired of winning right now because we're not doing a whole lot of winning, and we could have won for our people this last week. That's why, frankly, the morale in the Republican conference is very low right now, and we need backup. We need those candidates out there, those those veterans, those moms and dads that are running for Congress to come and help us fight against an establishment that controls elements of both parties. Mm -hmm. They, They are out there. And they are running. Now it's up to us, all of us at home, to support them. 
Um, Congressman Matt Gates, uh, you just helped me, I hope, get the blood boiling of every single person watching this program because what happened in Washington from Friday night, and it's been happening for a while, but Friday night was really, if there wasn't a wake-up call, I don't know what is. Congressman Matt oh, Gates, as always, thank you for fighting up there. Well, yeah, one go quick ahead. point, if they try to kick Jim Jordan out of the House of Representatives, maybe he'll have no choice but to run for the United States Senate. The mm. day Jim Jordan announced for the United States Senate, he would be the leading Republican in that race, and probably most of the Republicans would drop out. So watch what you wish for, Republican senators. He may be in the upper house before you know it. Isn't that the truth? And if not, I still like my idea, and you talked about it on your podcast, about him becoming Speaker of the House. That would be a win for Republicans everywhere. Matt Gates, as always, thank you, my friend. And then he broke some news late. I don't know if you ladies had caught it over the weekend, but um, some of the rhino Republicans in Ohio, which is Republican governor, they have uh, a majority in the state legislature there. I think, I believe, a supermajority in Ohio. Um, mm-hmm. Donald Trump won by a considerable margin in 2020 there. They have voted to essentially redistrict Jim Jordan out of his House wow. of Representative seats. Wow. Yeah, and, and I, I thought it was really interesting. They want him gone because... He's one of the best, in my opinion. He's one of the hardest workers, and, and his narrative is usually not very far off the pulse of where it needs to be. Right. Um, I, I definitely think he's a strong supporter of the president as well. Uh, Geisha, I don't know if you knew, you heard about that, but but you know, redistricting kind of means like, let's say you're you're in the House of Representatives now, and then they kind of redraw the voting map. They could essentially eliminate your job and make it to where you would have to go do something else, run in a different district, or like he said, run for a senator. Yeah. That all these conversations uh, reminds me that you guys need to know there's a lot of people who don't even know how to communicate with their representatives and mm-hmm. how to do like they. This is something that I, I I wish that us everyone that's listening and like you know the same way you, you were all uh, talking about the news uh, guide them on how they can learn what the steps are. So because there's always the people like well how can I help I don't know how to help to yeah. to, to you know let them know that I'm aware that this is wrong and I want to make something different. I want to make this change and stop like they're working for us. They're supposed to be listening to what our concerns are. And I, I tell tell you like the people that I see here in New York, Mm -hmm. uh, they have no clue what's going on in the world. They don't, they just like, I'm the, the price increases. They don't even realize. Like they will see that, oh, my God, this month, I feels like I spend more, but like they will have no clue that the <laughs> price went up. I swear this sounds crazy, but it's a reality that we are ignoring. Well, I'm not saying that we're ignoring, but we are underestimating how little sometimes a group of people know about how our government works. Mm-hmm. And um, all of these things is just like, uh, yeah, the media said this or that and you just believe it. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm shocked that like every time when we meet for the podcast, um, you see that everything just like keeps going worse and worse and worse yeah. in terms of prices. I'm seeing a much bigger crisis and it's just like it's going to be to a point of, exp- I don't know, world's just going to, I don't know what's going to happen next time I see you, if I see you, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> I like that. Um, I don't know if you guys all caught it. There, there was a conservative event this weekend. Well, there were several of them, but most notably was the American First Policy Institute dinner, the annual dinner, where a lot of the high ends uh, kind of rub elbows and and kind of get try to get on the same page in regards to, you know, what the narrative is going to be moving down the road now, and how we're going to kind of push back on this infrastructure stuff and make sure that other spending bill uh, doesn't get passed. Um, probably 
couple other major things like the vaccine mandates, et cetera. Um, Donald Trump was the keynote speaker. And, and I pulled a couple of clips from that for our listening audience to enjoy. We all can't ever get enough of them. Facts. So let's hear uh, one of two as he spoke at this dinner on uh, over the weekend this weekend. A laughing stock all over the world. You just saw what happened to Joe Biden on his travails in Europe. That wasn't good. Mm. He went to see the Pope. He was a little late. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell happened to him? Does anybody know what happened? Don't say it. <laughs> nice. I love him. <laughs> they made Trump laugh. And then he does that thing he does at the rallies where he, like, looks at the microphone, then he walks away so they can keep doing I it. I still haven't figured out, was that young, attractive, female reporter, was she trying to cover up or was she being nice? Did she not understand what was happening? <laughs> she works for NBC, so it's about 94% sure that she knew exactly what she was doing. Anyway, well, Brandon's become a big star. Nobody ever heard of this guy. Huh? Now he's one of the biggest stars. <laughs> Nobody ever heard of him. Brandon's a star. But I still like the first phrase better somehow. More accurate. Wow. Hell yeah. He did bring the fire of a campaign speech. Wow. Uh, with him. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was good. And then he, he kind of, you know, basically talked about how we're uh, kind of in a dark time right now. Antoinette's referred to it as the dark winter several times. But there are better days ahead and he can see it. So let's hear how he kind of wrapped it up with the, uh, the end of his speech on uh, Sunday night. And they love what we represent. Our movement and our country will soon be filled with new ideas and new potential, new resolve. And we'll push forward. We're going to push so far forward. And we are going to have a greater country. And we are going to have, we're not going to just get it back. We're going to make our country greater than it ever was before. And that now sounds impossible because it's so bad what they've done, what they've done to our country. They're destroying our country. We're going to make our country greater than ever before. So with that, I just want to thank everybody. It's a, such a great honor to have you at Mar-a-Lago. And on behalf of our great First Lady, thank you all for being here tonight. God bless you. And God bless America. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So not bad. Yeah. It kind of hit the high notes. I mean, it wasn't a Trump rally, even though he likes to turn them into one. Yeah. Um, also, most notably, I think from uh, you want to talk about the fashion department, it was Lauren Boebert who won the event with the uh, she wore the AOC inspired tax the rich Chick-fil-A rapper. Let's go, Brandon dress. <laughs> <laughs> people yeah. are saying that was people are saying that was a, a photoshopped and that was like a cutout Trump. I'm like, come on, guys, shut up already. Oh no, it was real. Oh, she, it's good Photoshop yeah. if it was. Yeah, she shared it on her social medias. I mean, a lot of people cut her out and use that exact pose and all the other pictures. I don't know if she wore it for the entire event or if uh, how many different people actually posed with her, but I do know that it was in fact real. Yeah, of course. Even the posing, it. like the way you're posing, you know, it's it's, it's mocking what you know, whatever CEO, whatever ABC was wearing. <laughs> 
Well, I think the one other uh, large item that we haven't touched on, um, I, I have seen the story kind of roller coaster around and, and, you know, kind of uninterest me a little bit. But I, I definitely do think it needs to, to get a little coverage because it greatly affected a lot of different people. And it's definitely a narrative we'd like to talk about. Uh, the events that happened at Astro World over the weekend. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Bad, bad. Yeah. What do you guys think? Okay. Uh, well, Sacrifice. let me. Uh, we are in the, let's say, close in the industry and stuff. Um, of course, a lot of people reported um, similar things as like lacking of air, mm -hmm. like not, not being able to breathe and seeing a lot of bodies, seeing a lot of bodies, even more than what the media says, that right. says it's a plate or whatever. There's people reporting that they've seen even more than 100 bodies in the floor mm -hmm. and like a lot of dead people and yep. um, people being dragged by ambulances and stuff. And only at the end, at the very, very end of the chaoticness, it was when they finally stopped the concert. Yeah, which it was really absurd, and everything uh, from the symbolism to to just the it's it was very absurd based on on everything that 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 we're seeing. Um, in the symbolism wise, there was everything. You, oh yeah, you, call, you, you you can see a demon face, you can see a, a inverted cross, you can see the the phoenix flying, you can see tons of flames. That also they say that the amount of flames there could also be a, a reason why so many people were lacking of air because it needs a lot of oxygen in order to function. So this is something that someone that knows stage should know, but still they did it, and they they over also over you know there's a lot of people more than over capacity in a way yeah um and then there's also other things behind it about the deal of the people managing this guy right like the the same people that that were trying to to work with the conservatorship with britney spears and the kardashian blue taylor uh, so, yeah. yeah so it's being it's being really dramatic and and uh crazy like oh man like uh, this stuff is is it's seriously um one of the craziest things I think I've seen in my life, uh, of, of course, like what I'm talking about is is a concert, right? It, it was not it was not like a terrorist that came and shoot, shoot everybody. Um, it was uh, a concert where people were just passing out. And then there the narrative that the media wants to say there was somebody um, injecting, which one of the red flags for me with the media is how fast they go to conclusions that mm -hmm. to me is one of the things that tells me i need to do more research they just immediately oh there was this person that was injecting everybody in the neck and it's like wow a person that injecting hundreds of people because there's about 300 people in the hospital like hospitalized um and uh also it's just uh it, i think it's these things take longer time to get to a conclusion that's one thing and then on the other side there's also another um there's another story or or theory about how what the injections could have done with all these sounds and because you if you test graphene with certain vibration it yes. kind of like agitates it, it gets really agitated and and i need you to know guys like there is actually a a document i do have it in english and in spanish that it tells you like it's a ton of pages of all the um test and the proof and it, it was already everything is in a long pdf that it's a report about how there's the the you know the graphene in the covid vaccine so the, yeah. in all in, in all of the different ones like there's i have it here i can even send it to whoever wanted it this is like a an official document mm -hmm. so 
there's a lot that's on my on my end there's that's what i saw on when when it comes to these uh, the astroworld uh situation that's, that's I'll, I'll add one more t- thing too go ahead um energy stadium from a lot of people didn't know this but uh verizon 5g it was outfitted the entire stadium oh. and and uh let me i have it here so they had they actually uh fitted it so much that even they had antennas under the seats that ran under the concrete to bring signals what? closer to the fans literally right like right there under them and we all know i mean 5g without taking the vaccine when um, turned yeah. up at certain, you know, frequent, like, you know, it level, have, it can like, make you very sick. It, it chokes you of oxygen, you know, yeah. and it robs you. but um, they had that. So I think it's a combination, combination mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. So listen, most people, you had to pretty much be vaccinated. And I'm pretty sure the majority of people there were vaccinated. We know that weakens the heart and that gives you, you know, you can be a ticking time bomb, especially if you are, you know, a weaker person or have, uh, you know, comorbidities or, you know, other things going on on top of that vaccine, drugs, alcohol, um, frequency of the music, you know, when it comes to the vaccine, then 5g people yeah. getting crushed. I don't really believe that people were getting crushed. Cause I don't, I, I mean, I saw people running, but I think that the narrative that the news is saying like the prick on that security guards neck, I think they're trying to cover up this shit. Yeah. The conspiracy part of me, to be honest, is thinking, one, I know how the music industry works. And I talked to a lot of people after this that are in the music business. And they said 100% this was a fucking ritual. It was a sacrifice. Um, if People that are saying that um, uh, Travis Scott didn't know what was going on. That's a bunch of bullshit. He, he clearly knew what was happening. Yeah, you can definitely see what's going on in a crowd when... Yeah, and he didn't stop. Oh, he stopped, what, for like 20 seconds and kept going? It, it, like, ugh. I don't know. Anyway, but definitely, I think there were a lot of agendas fulfilled. And I think this was a test run to see what they could do, for example, with 5G, with people that got the vaccine. I mean, it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. It's no, not, you it's know, not. It's actual proof. So it triggers uh, you to a point that almost like it's almost like a, a, like being too exposed to a EMF will bring yeah, you symptoms sure. of the flu. And even if you have or ADHD or any of this will get even stronger. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people were reporting there like big Travis Scott fans. Like they said that that they're never going to any of his concerts again, listening to his music. They straight up said that I felt like I was in a concert in fucking hell. It was insane. There's so much symbolism to CERN and uh, see you on the other side. You know, Uh, there were reports of people kind of losing their shit, you know, like in a, in a mental way, like, um, not even drug related, but like also the frequency people were reporting that it was causing people like it was sucking them in closer to the stage, like they were in some kind of trance and frequencies can do that. But also satanic rituals. I mean, this shit with tech, you can possess people with technology. Just saying. I mean, well, yeah, well, people have like the wrong idea of what some people have is that they think a ritual is is somebody has to grab you and, and, and you know, like. Yeah, like slash your wrists or whatever. No, the fact that people die for something that was made, like died for something that that was built for this person to die, doesn't need to be like so direct. So, like, if they put all of these things together with the purpose, like everything together was so absurd that somebody was going to die. Like, there are people who die sometimes in concerts, and it's rare because there's a lot of people, but this 
this combination, they knew it was, I'm, you know, it's kind of obvious that something was going to yeah. go. Well, my, in modern day, modern day, uh, this is what, these are our rituals, are, are, are these concerts of these satanic Luciferian people, puppets of the higher, you yeah. know, elite. I mean, if you look at what the definition of ritual is, I just pulled it up because I can't say it verbatim, but a ritual is a sequence of activities involving gestures, words, actions, or objects performed according to a set sequence concert rituals may be prescribed by the traditions of a community including religious rituals are characterized but not defined by formalism traditionalism invariance rule governance etc etc sounds like a a lot of what we saw on 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 friday night there yep exactly and a lot of these kids are waking up i mean it's really sad that this had to happen the way that it did but it really, really woke up, you know, these young kids. And and I've been like, you know, I lurk on TikTok. I don't post and whatnot, but I know like the majority of these young kids are on there and the comments, I was actually blown away and really like surprised. I was happy to see people like waking up and saying, wow, these people are fucking satanic. I'm never listening to this shit again. I'm yep. not, I'm never going to this, these concerts. Um, and, you know, and, and then they start, you know, diving and going down the rabbit holes and realizing holy shit they're all like this not all all but you know the most the majority are and then i think that we needed that for the young crowd because they were literally following this guy like he's some sort of god and and others you know idolization you know idolatry now their own fans are finding things like there's a t-shirt that he was wearing at some point in the yeah yeah yeah, it was demonic. Yeah, yeah. No, not just not the, the not the one in the concert because the one in the concert was pretty like oh you're gonna go through another side another dimension. Yeah, the portal. Right. The star- but, the star- uh, something in the past that he was wearing in a video because now now all the fans are researching. Oh now yeah, everybody's deep diving. They want to know what happened and why happened, and then they found a video of him wearing a shirt with the name of another concert where eight people died as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, you know, like you said, like, it's really waking a lot of people up about this stuff. My sister had a really bad time with that um, event. She was in the Dominican Republic. She told me that she cried a lot, that she could mm-hmm. not believe that people were this evil. And like, she was really disappointed of seeing that some people that she knew in the, like, you know, in the film industry, they were like, ha ha ha, LOL, this concert, I missed it. I almost, you know, like, like just okay. mocking what happened. Like yeah. this could have been great to go or something. And it's like, uh-huh. wow, these type of people right now are the ones working with the, the, the musicians in the industry. And um, I was telling her at the beginning um, what was going on with the the, the, the Satanism and, and all of like, I saw that in L.A. It's crazy. And now she's like, man, this stuff is unreal. It's yeah, like they're finally believing us like, hey, we've been saying this for a long time. Oh, and get this. Yeah. Let me have one more thing. Guess whose birthday it was and who's obviously a part of Travis Scott and connected to him. Chris Jenner's 66th birthday. Oh, imagine that. There's no symbolism there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there were so many sixes like when you did the gematria and like everything surrounding that whole event it was all sixes and she happened to turn 66 on that day yeah you know parents just need to take better interest in, in what their kids are doing and what they're listening to and uh, you know i've seen things like the Fortnite platform has removed him and all of his add-ons that he had in the game i know mcdonald's is trying to uh distance itself from him in the event and now really they're doing all that fortnite actually bothered to do that yeah they've wiped the huh. uh the travis stuff from because because he had like the dancing emojis and then he had a whole event where like one of his head stages was in the game i remember my my son was like showing me when i was playing with him one time i'm like what the hell is that and he's like oh it's this guy that sings on tiktok 
And then you find out that he's, you know, conducting these huge rituals and uh, glad to have it off. In addition, it's breaking news right now. Again, we're at Tuesday about noon uh, on the West Coast here. The FBI has formally opened an investigation into the Astral World event. They're on the ground in Houston. Not like it matters or, you know, but hopefully it's some of the good agents that's, <laughs> that still does, that still do some decent work. Um, Is it going to be the same guys? We that might were... be pleasant, pleasantly surprised. You never know. Yeah. Hopefully. hopefully they aren't trying to figure out if moms from Virginia who are worried about critical race theory and, and <laughs> jobs for their husbands weren't the ones who incited this mass casualty event in Houston <laughs> last that. weekend. So... <laughs> We've all seen it before. It's it's either going to be that or the Q and conspiracy theorists. They're definitely the ones that could have incited this as well. There's a bunch of guys they're in the one, they, Banana they're Republic the ones that outfits. Sabotaged it. They sabotaged the concert. Those right. So yeah, <laughs> definitely funny and 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 moving forward, we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. The big red flag for me, Ben Crump has 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 been the lawyer that's going to represent some yeah. of these families who lost lives. We all know he's number one, uh, ambulance chaser. Number two, he's a crisis actor. Uh, kind of puts like a weird spin on it. Maybe they're trying to like normalize and familiarize it um, to where his name is something. I mean, because he was just involved with the whole fucking George Floyd thing for yeah. for a year. So we'll have to see where that goes. I've kind of, uh, as far as like major league pushing stuff on it, I'm kind of being a watcher now more than like a news distributor on it because I think it's still yeah. a very fluid and developing story. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we'll see some cover up. Obviously, I don't deny any of the satanic undertones and overtones that happened uh, throughout, and, you know, leading up to and throughout that event happening over the weekend. But again, it's something that, you know, there's a lot of things we, we haven't we haven't deep dived into Durham really big yet because that's fluid and developing. And I don't want to cover a portion of it. I kind of want to get a blanket yeah. on. Spoiler alert. We're going to cover Durham in about 20 minutes, <laughs> you know, really for the first time. As He's a real person. Hopefully. Um, Geisha, we're going to cut with you and bring in our next guest. Uh, obviously, episode 80 has been blessed by your royal co-hostedness <laughs> and friendness. We love you. Oh, our, our audience loves I you. I love you too, guys. Yeah, and, and the best. I, I'm in the, uh, hopefully in the majority of thinking we don't have you on enough. If you ever move to Southern California, there is a seat right next to me or Noah that you can occupy full time. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we could turn this into a four. I'm going to go to California to visit you and go to the fridge and get some barbecue and talk shit and then just to go to <laughs> We can handle hey, all of those things. Place. Yeah, I have a barbecue. Yeah. So, no. but uh, why don't you remind our listening audience what social media is and where they can find you, regardless of the shadow ban? Well, yeah, you know, Geisha Montez. I'll spell it for you. You G-E-I-S-H-A-M-O-N-T-E-Z. always do. G e i s h a m o n t e s, and that's kind of like my hashtag for everything. So, like for Instagram, for Twitter, for even I got I don't know. I just open a stupid tape. I don't use it. I just you know I just there just in case the apocalypse requires to make videos of you dancing. I have it in there. So. <laughs> Um, enjoy the rest of the interview. I love you. And, um, you know, I'll see you next time. I'm always around. And, and, and you will be on soon. I, I guarantee you'll make an appearance definitely before Christmas. You know, one thing I just wanted to mention, Geisha, we don't take you for granted. I think one of the big things right now shows like even on Fox, like Greg Gugfeld, where they have like the round table kind of talk about politics all the way down to, you know, one of the best podcasts in the world, the, the war room podcast, they bring yeah. on so many different political contributors. You are a diamond in the rough that we randomly ran into, and I am so thankful for it. You've been a big part of why our show is successful, and hopefully 
you don't get famous er again and forget about us. <laughs> Wait, no, you have to. You know, if if you know if if something good happens, you guys know that I I'll be here for you all. So we, you know, I I'm really happy to always try to let everybody know that the you know stake for podcast is is there so they can like go watch it sometimes i have to translate a little bit what we talk about on the show in spanish so people can understand and and, and catch up with what's going on but you know i'm always here to help because i know this this is coming for a good cause and and you know we're we're in this in this kind of of a small little war war i mean not so small but you know much of a war the fight so. for western civilization <laughs> so we're all part of history together well when you put it that way it sounds kind of fucked up yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me again. And, you know, we're always in touch. There she is, ladies and gentlemen, making her seventh appearance on the show, our national treasure, Miss Geisha Montes. Oh, he texted me on 11 by the way. And this is my seventh. So cute. Thanks nice. for joining us today, dear. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Jumping into the show with us now, middle segment. He's the admin for the Save America Discord. He's the mod of the Reddit group, the Congress. He's a proud patriot, formerly of the Reddit group, the Donald. He does a lot of work behind the scenes. He may be pushing, promoting, and helping a lot of your America First candidates get over the finish line in the midterm elections. He's from the account Sublime and Slime. We'll refer to him as Sublime today. Thank you for joining us finally on Steak for Breakfast. Hey, thanks for having me, everybody. You have done a lot of work for this country um, by remaining virtually anonymous. And the work that I've, you know, been able to see you accomplish in the short time that we've known each other, probably getting on close to a year now we've talked, um, has been incredible. Why don't you tell our listening audience a little bit about some of the things that you've been doing and are doing for, for not just the community, but for literally the country. And maybe if people aren't familiar with what a Discord is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, I would say we got started on the Donald. Uh, mm -hmm. That's where I got started. And I really love that community. And um, we built the Discord off of the members from the Donald. I think the Donald was close to 800,000 subscribers when it got banned by Reddit. Yep. Wow. Um, part of the group uh, split away and went to the Patriot or Patriot.win. And the rest of us are still trying to fight behind enemy lines on Reddit. Um, so we reopened the Congress just recently so we can get America first candidates into office. We're there to push, help, meme, do whatever we can to get them through. Uh, we provide door knockers. Uh, recently we did for Yunkin, a bunch of door knockers um, from our server. And then uh, for Discord, Discord is like a gaming social media platform. Uh, it's great in that it has a whole bunch of different channels and yep. you can organize it in a way where you can put memes in a channel you can have Twitter feeds coming into certain channels, breaking news, all kinds of stuff. And it's a little bit faster than Twitter or Reddit or any other type of forum in that you're real-time chatting with people. Nice. Um, and we do stage AMAs where we bring candidates in and get them uh, up and ask them questions, ask me anything. And that's um, we started doing that. We did Joe Kent was our first one. And Matt Brainerd, we've had a few guests, uh, a, a bunch of good candidates for America First, where you could see that is on the Save America Discord channel on YouTube, is where all of our AMAs are. 
Um, but you can find us on Discord at SaveAmericaChat.com. Yeah, and, and that's we'll, a direct. I'm going to ask you to send me those links to to our chat, and then we will live link everything in our show descriptions this week. So anyone who listens to this show can go and get in there and see some of the great work that you're doing in there. And, and I know all of our listeners know they've heard you know a couple of the America First candidates that you've helped us get on the show be on our show. And it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, sometimes just a simple meet and greet has helped us build that resume and develop that track record to now where it's a lot easier to get these candidates to come on because they see some of the more prominent names who are making, you know, the new cycle runs and then they're more inclined to jump on the show with us. Yep. Yeah. And really with all the censorship we face, we really have to help each other out as a community. It's the only way it, it really is. It seems like it's a cushy, thing to say but you know it's it's one of those things to where if, if we're not pumping each other up then we're never going to be able to get these people across and we're never going to get this country back on track like it needs to be well we're going to jump into our first segment with you now um durham january 6th and some happenings with the fbi uh we've kind of stayed away from the durham thing for the most part because it's been a very fluid and developing story uh for quite some time now you know we've seen all the things with you know both Igor getting indicted last week, and then Sussman, I believe, not too long before that. Um, the, the mainstream media, the legacy media, is now doing their best job to kind of turn it into like a January 6th narrative where this is a either QAnon or Donald Trump MAGA party inspired, mm. you know, yeah, anytime something consequential happens they're doing the best they can to, to like blame it on them right water it down and you know they get they can't get a minute and a half into trying to develop a narrative or a lie about it before they're showing file footage of people trying to enter the capitol on january 6th or you know the donald trump where he's mimicking the special person and, and that's just kind of the, the the way we know when we're right over the target they're going to try and um kind of mix it up for the listening audience first clip we're going to play today uh is peter stroke he was uh, on with Randy, and, you know, he's big mad about everything from January 6th to this Durham investigation. With um, Randy, uh, Rachel Madcow? Yeah, Randy Madcow. <laughs> so let, let, let's hear him kind of weasel his way through uh, the narrative for the January 6th stuff and some of the indictments that are coming down. Joining us now is Peter Strzok. He spent decades as an FBI counterintelligence officer and was at the center of the FBI's dealings with the Steele dossier. He wrote a book about his experiences that's called Compromised, Counterintelligence and the Threat of Donald J. Trump. (laughs) Mr. Strzok, it's a real pleasure to have you with us tonight. Thanks Thanks for making time. Rachel, it's great to be here. So um, I feel like this is a story that's um, a few levels removed from how most Americans have come to understand the totality of what happened with the Russian attack and the Russia investigation. Um, I wanted to get your sort of top line perspective on the importance of what Mr. Durham is doing um, and the importance of what he's done today with this indictment. What do you think people should understand about it? Well, I think the primary thing people need to understand are that the people that he's indicted to date uh, and charged to date, whether that's Michael Sussman, whether it's uh, Kevin Kleinsmith, an FBI attorney, and today Igor Danchenko, were all involved in matters which were very uh, almost peripheral to the core of what we were looking at with regard to the Russia investigation. See what you did there? Uh, and so let, let me be clear. Lying to the FBI is a significant, significant crime. It's a crime if the National Security Advisor does it. It's a crime if, as alleged, Mr. Danchenko did that during 
during his interviews with FBI agents. What if the FBI uh, does As it? you mentioned earlier, I have some concerns with the indictment of Michael Sussman. I'm, I'm concerned about whether or not that's a, a good use of uh, government resources to charge him. But at the end of the day, it is a crime to lie to the FBI. But what isn't true is the backdrop to all this. You know, in next Saturday, John Durham will have been going on for two and a half years. Now, compare that to Robert Mueller, who lasted less than two years, and in that time, charged and convicted people like Trump's national security advisor, his campaign manager, his deputy campaign manager, his personal attorney, his, uh, you know, personal you know, Roger Stone, personal fixer, and a large number of very significant people that were key and critical to the Trump campaign and later to the administration. When I look at these two players, I see folks that were not involved in any of those cases. You know, Robert Mueller didn't rely on Steele's information at all. The Alpha Bank information, you know, was looked at by the FBI and was determined to be not, you know, didn't appear to be anything, that we weren't quite sure what it was. And then finally, with regard to, um, you know, Mr. Danchenko's information, it was relevant to Carter Page, but Carter Page made up about eight pages of an almost 500-page Mueller report. So... so there's kind of him touching on it. Also, not very pleasurable to hear his Weasley voice. Let's let's kind of touch on the big topics that they kind of are painting now as the narrative to get us away from the importance of this thing. And I think mm -hmm. the big one is going to be what the actual indictments are. So he talked mm -hmm. about it being a layered process and that these people in proximity to anything important is kind of like in the outermost orbits of importance layers of lies right even though you have you know people that are direct directly related to hillary clinton you're going to have now the current national security advisor who's under investigation and we'll get to that in a little bit um he also talked about government resources now john durham for the most part looks like he's getting to the bottom of hopefully tying hillary clinton to this whole narrative which is at the end of the day where it came from we've pretty much already proved it they proxy admitted it at the end of the Mueller investigation which is what he touched on next that investigation ran for nearly two years wasted 45 million dollars in, in government money plus 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 and at the end of the day produced nothing except someone with dementia muttering through a senate committee hearing and that's robert Mueller when they realized how much of a mental decline um he, he's been on and, and you know it, it kind of just paints a whole new January 6th feel for what they're trying to do with this whole thing while it's still an ongoing process. Now, Sublime, I'm, I know you follow this stuff and, and you've been seeing it lately. Just based off what the brief Peter Strzok, you know, commentary you've heard, obviously you know where he was and, and who he was talking to, and he's always big mad. So what do you think is coming out of this right off the top? Well, I think first and foremost, you can't really trust anyone with a neckline fetish. <laughs> So um, uh, definitely, you can see the narratives that are coming out of this. Oh, yeah. Um, the narrative of the pardons for Roger Stone and mm -hmm. some of the other um, minor things that they're trying to divert our attention from. But really, you know that when they're talking to the corporate media, like they are now, they're trying to get ahead of it and they're yep. trying to do damage control. Yep. And that's all they're doing right now. They're trying to divert. They're trying to get people's attention in different places. And they're just trying to keep us from... Uh, seeing what the actual story is out there. But um, like I said, it's struck. Uh, we know where he's at and we know where he came from. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, he did mention lying to the FBI. I don't know how it works. Noah kind of mentioned it. What happens if you are the FBI and then you lie, but this time it's to the Senate? Well, it's like when you investigate yourself for a crime. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Kind of the same kind of thing. 
and probably get the same kind of um, results. Yeah, at the end. Oh, sorry, there was nothing. We well, didn't find anything. Weird. Somebody from the Trump camp or the Trump administration, uh, DNI John Ratcliffe, uh, jumped on with Fox News yesterday. I saw it. Uh, he was with Maria and he was talking about, you know, knew, how the FBI knew what was going on during Russiagate and how this is kind of a contrast to what's going on with the whole uh, Durham investigation and, and definitely not the same as Peter Strzok tried to make it sound. Let's hear what he had to say briefly as he touched on that matter. But what's important here is John Brennan's own notes reflect and the, and the, the, the other document uh, that I declassified show that our intelligence community and our FBI knew this ahead of time that Hillary Clinton, we had specific intelligence, that Hillary Clinton was creating a plan to vilify Donald Trump, to falsely accuse him of ties to Russia, and the intelligence community and the FBI knew this. And President Obama, Vice President Biden were briefed by John Brennan yep. and James Clapper mm. and Jim Comey in oh. early August of 2016. And John Solomon's earlier point was right. It all should have stopped at that point. Everything related to the Steele dossier was known to be untrue, but yet it was the predicate for moving forward with an unjust, unfair, and ultimately now everyone accepts a criminal, uh, criminally negligent investigation against uh, the Trump campaign. It was a crime to investigate yep. Donald Trump because there was no probable cause as FBI director uh, Christopher Ray has admitted under oath there was no probable cause for right. those FISA applications because they used the Steele dossier yeah. and it was fo and it was phony. So again, weaponizing the DOJ obviously and and the FBI doing it because they knew it was all bullshit. From, but but it doesn't yeah. even matter at the end because once they say this stuff, they're going to keep repeating it no matter what evidence comes out that yep. it was bullshit. All they have to do is just have Randy go on and be like, well, you know they convicted these people and yes. blah 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 and it's just to the general public it's you know you repeat the thing often enough we've said this a thousand times you keep repeating it it becomes true and it's nancy pelosi even had an entire clip where she talked about disinformation a disinformation campaign where they find a narrative mm -hmm. they run with it and then it doesn't matter when it becomes disproved because everybody else just has it as their talking point it's trashola yeah it sure mm -hmm. is uh, where are those fact checkers when you knew them, right? Well, they're not on our team, so they're. <laughs> Antoinette, you're pretty good at fact checking. What do you think about you know the audio we've heard so far? It's kind of two ends of the spectrum. You have the guy who literally lied and did everything that kind of checks off every kind of lie that happens, whether it was coordinating with Comey, Brennan, Clapper, the Clinton yeah. administration. They already talked about, you know, Ratcliffe said that these people in the FBI were constantly briefing their superiors so they could constantly be briefing Obama and Biden when they were in office. And, uh, you know, all the way up through what we're seeing now uh, with some of the preliminary uh, indictments from John Durham. I mean, I think like, like Sublime said, um, they're trying to get ahead. Like, like it doesn't make sense. Like, why would this guy get, get, get on TV and start talking? <laughs> they need him to. They're panicking. Shit's happening behind the scenes and is about to happen. And they're trying to get ahead of whatever is about, to, you know, about to hit because Durham is real. Yep. Shit's happening. And, you know, they don't know what's going to happen. And they're they're just throwing it out there, you know, trying to do the best they can for the damage best. control and get ahead. That's what I was going to say. The best darn damage control they can. Right. Yeah, I mean, they they don't really know what's going to happen, you know. Uh, Durham's like a stealth bomber. Like, they don't know who's next. <laughs> so they're doing whatever they can. And they're definitely freaking out about it right now. Oh, yeah. Big time. They're shitting their pants. I would if I was them. Shit. 
seems seems like it's someone. It seems like that's a, a pretty big normal for this current administration. Shitting your pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, before Sublime jumped on with us today, we we had Donald Trump basically all but confirm it. Yeah, and then I say love- what the hell happened to this guy. Don't, don't say saw, it. I saw somewhere on 4chan they mentioned that it's due to the medication he's taking. That's something that we've heard too. Yeah, he, he has really bad yeah. time with holding his bowels in gas. Yeah. He won't wear a diaper, so he'd rather shit himself <laughs> and all over his clothes instead of wearing a diaper because he doesn't want people to, to be able to see that he's wearing one. Um, his dry cleaning so bill must be. Have, you'd rather have a turd you know, in your underpants instead. Change of clothes everywhere you go. Uh huh. I mean, my three-year-old doesn't even like that. <laughs> this guy. I think there's going to be like a dry cleaner whistleblower at some point being like, you know what? I'm tired of cleaning on, like, shit on, out of like expensive on, uh, suits. Payroll. <laughs> we've, we've already got the Secret Service agents talking to each other and kind of leaking it out there, pun intended, to places like <laughs> to InfoWars. Do we got and, screenshots of that or no? No. I, I wish. Mean, that'd be they're amazing. Not that, they're not that dumb. Um, well, Adam, kinda, should, go ahead. Back to, yeah, I was going to say heading back to that. I, I think if you, uh, at, at the end of the day, when the history is written, um, patriots like Cash Patel, yes. Devin Nunez, and yeah. Richard Grinnell um, are going to be remembered as the ones who blew it wide open. I think Patel came in halfway through Trump's administration. The first half was tied up with uh, Russia Gate, of course, which is completely false and debunked. Uh, beyond, you know, whatever. But I think these three themselves are are the front line that really stopped uh, it from going any further. And it was, they they were the whistleblowers within the administration, within the government. Yeah. Deep State wasn't allowing it through. I think Stephen Stephen Miller had a lot to do with that as well. I think he was pretty overt in uh, kind of, you know, I think he'd go to the office at the end of the day, like leave and be like, this is fucking ridiculous. I need to go on every uh, legacy news show in the, in the PM and talk about this bullshit that's going on here. You know, so, uh, Stephen Miller. Say? say that again, you cut out. Stephen Miller. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he was really good as well. And and actually, who's doing really well is Sublime. He's carrying the narrative of, of being so dialed into this show now in his first appearance that he talked about in his last little commentary there, anyone pushing back on the Russiagate narrative. Now, there was a uh, guest host on The View today. Um, Morgan Ortegas, and she was co-hosting with the guest, Pencil Neck, Adam Schiff. Got him. Oh, God. And, and actually, pu- yeah, and pushed back on the narrative about the Russiagate lies and, and how he was the person who was leading that investigation at the uh, House Representative level. So let's kind of hear how that went down this morning. So I want to ask you about something that's in the news a lot right now. Um, you've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee, and you've defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, and we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people? Mm. Well, first of all, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted, uh, and they are. Uh, And unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail, not be pardoned. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. False, false. Uh, If people lied to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, But at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. And let's not forget what we learned in that investigation. We learned that the Trump campaign chairman, 
Paul Manafort was giving internal polling data, campaign polling data, to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was helping the Trump and campaign. And to be clear, he was fired False. halfway through the campaign. Well, he may have been fired, yeah. but the, the effort to get Russian help continued and even beyond the effort to get Russian help. But you the may president have also spread Russian disinformation yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what so people pissed. who entrusted you as the <laughs> Intel Committee Chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this. Well, I, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, it's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. Mm -hmm. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele, which is impossible, of course, to do. But, but let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, oh, God. for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election. Mm which he did, Stop uh, it. into inciting an erection, uh, insurrection, which oh, he did. Um, none of that is undercut. Oh, none of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele. No, I think just your credibility is. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was this morning on the salty. So uh, that was and much to the dismay of all the other manatees that sit on that table with her um mm. she probably won't be coming back to do guest hosting duties on there for a while however yeah. <laughs> next time we have a hole i'm gonna reach out and see if she'd be uh more than happy to fill it Why? got him huh knowingly is all i have to say in brackets and bold knowingly <laughs> there are several minute montages of adam shift going around talking about that they had concrete 100 percent like yeah. jailable a, evidence about Russia collusion. If anybody is the liar, like the biggest, I think he's one of the biggest liars of them all. Yeah. And, and he definitely carried the water for Nancy Pelosi during this whole uh, narrative in regards to this. So he's in deep man. And he knows it. That's why he's out there in the media circuit as well. All of these people that are just like, you know, coming out now. Well, you know, who else is looking like they're going to be in deep shit is uh, Jake Sullivan whose name mm. keeps coming up every time an indictment with this whole um, Durham investigation comes down. They've kind of are ensnaring him as probably one of the high-ranking regime officials right now who may look like he, he is next to be indicted. Um, oh. Yeah, back up Hefty Lefty mm. out, out of the bullpen. Mm. Press sec. Kareen? Gene? Yeah? Mm. Was asked today about this narrative that keeps coming up in addition to Jake Sullivan's name. Um, and she kind of grouchily didn't answer the question. Imagine that as usual. Let's kind of hear how this transaction went down. Breaking from our Justice Department reporter. Um, two sources are telling Fox that National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is the foreign policy advisor mentioned in the former Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman's indictment. Uh, I understand that this just came across yeah. while you're at the podium, yeah. so you haven't probably had a chance to read into that, but what is the White House comment on that, and is there any conflict here, given that there has been news around the uh, indictment, uh, is there any conflict here that would preclude Sullivan from being able to carry out his duties? I, I, as you just said, Jackie, I'm just now hearing this, so I, I don't have a, a comment for you at this moment. I don't know anything about what you're, you're just mentioning, so I have to, to talk to our team. And there has been news around the dossier, though, over the last couple of weeks, um, and sort of this feeling that's falling apart after the revelations that the Clinton tied lawyer had lied to the FBI. Um, now, knowing what we know about the dossier, is there any concern that there was a lot of focus or too much focus on that 
uh, during the president's campaign. So, Jackie, I refer you to the Department of Justice. I'm not going to comment on that from here, mm-hmm. from the podium. Me. Oh, so they, they, the Biden was allowed to use it as a campaign talking point, but when it's actually coming back that they were the ones who instigated, initiated, mm-hmm. and then carried this narrative for years as, as vice president under Obama, and they used it in their, you know, 2020 campaign. It's, it's oh, you're gonna, we're going to have to refer you to the DOJ. I don't have any information on that. Yeah, hold on. Let me dodge this That's real quick. <laughs> Pretty amazing about how that works. Yep. Yeah. When I heard that there was a uh, body found in the National Mall last night, mm. I seriously thought he was going to be it. Wow, that's that's pretty big. Uh... Yeah, that that would that would be huge, and I, but not wouldn't be surprising. I I did ask oh, no. on Twitter right off the bat, does anyone know where Hillary Clinton's at? As soon as that body was found, <laughs> yeah, in the National Reflecting Pool. So injury fan or Dre the memer had a great uh, meme with Hillary outside, uh, looking up like she's looking up at the balloons when the <laughs> helicopter came down. <laughs> it was great. Well. There is uh, some other stuff that kind of is going on with this whole Durham thing, and it's, you know, about John Podesta. Ooh. Being, yeah, that creepy motherfucker getting tied back into this whole narrative. Yeah, he's a weird, weird person. Uh, I saw the infamous. I mean, big part of all this shit, you know? He yeah. sure is, and, and definitely will be uh, eventually proxied into this thing, I feel, in my bones. Um, the infamous Roger Stone. Oh, yeah. Appeared on a podcast. Not this one yet. What the hell? Still hoping. Yeah, come on. Uh, last night and talked about briefly this whole narrative. Let's kind of hear how you weighed in on it. Uh, a Russian named Igor, uh, who actually seems to be the source of the phony dossier. Igor. But if you read inside that indictment, even individuals as dumb as Andrew McCarthy of the National Review, yep. who might know a lot about the law but doesn't know dick about politics, uh, has reported <laughs> that this is the roadmap to the entire Clinton conspiracy. In fact, I understand John Podesta, Robbie Mook, and others mm. have lawyered up. Well, Robbie, get ready. Get the Vaseline and bend over, pal. It's your turn in the oh. barrel. Uh, this guy is, these people who accused us of treason, they're actually... were the ones who were committing it. So, yeah, pretty interesting. I mean, no one does better than him yeah. when talking about yeah. some political... He could also be a guest host on this show. Can he be? Um, I, I'm pretty sure he would enjoy the garrison button. Yeah. And definitely wouldn't come off we'll, kind we'll of retarded. We'll have to see what we can do about that. Oh, look at that. Yeah, we're there gonna, it is. We're going to plug yeah. right there. Boom. Boom. He was a prolific uh, Reddit um, poster for a long, long time. He sure was. Really? I, I tell you what, I've sent uh, Kristen, I would have to say, at least 20 emails begging oh, and pleading. <laughs> yeah. We were all set up at the uh, at the Clay Clark back in July, but we had an air conditioning failure in the building we were occupying as media. That was brutal. And it got to the point to where like the first prominent speaker like walked in and it was 120 degrees and they immediately said fuck that and kind of gave the heads up to all the rest of them. <laughs> so oh, yeah, but besides General yeah. Flynn and, and Mike Lindell coming in for a quickie with uh, One America News, none of the other prominents really came in there and uh, gave any more time to the other media who was there waiting for them. General Flynn's drive-by was my favorite though. Yeah. It's hot as balls in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's, 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 a, he's a guy who's been in the military. He can handle it. Yeah. Sure could. Um, we're going to segue now to, to January 6th stuff. We do have some, uh, you know, developing things going on with that. This is breaking news again. It's our Tuesday edition of Steak for Breakfast and within the last 10 minutes, in addition to the subpoenas we saw go out yesterday, which uh, got some of the prominence like, um, who's the guy who started Getter? What's his name? Former Trump campaign guy? 
Oh, uh, fuck. I'm blanking now, and I know who it is. Yeah, what bigger guy with a goatee. He's always on War Room. Oh, my God. Here, I'll get it right now. Well, a subpoena went out for him and people like General Flynn. Jason like, Miller. Huh? Jason Miller. Yeah. Jason Miller. Yeah, yeah. Right, I was getting him and Steven messed up. However, it's pretty consequential. I guess they just went down the Millers when they were issuing. So, in addition to Jason Miller and, and General Flynn, Steven Miller, <laughs> Kaylee McInerney, uh, and uh, Mark Meadows were all subpoenaed today for January 6th. Oh, that's yep. a shame. So, about, I think it's a good thing, to be honest. I mean, it, it can be a good thing. Discovery, you never know. Yeah. Uh, I think they're pulling the same thing that they pulled when they um, first tried to investigate Trump in the very beginning. Yeah. All they want is a way to look into the campaigns mm-hmm. and see how it's ran. First, because right. they couldn't believe that they lost um, the first time. That's why they're doing it now. And secondly, they can't believe he did so well, even with coronavirus and their cheating of sending out mail-in ballots to everybody. Yes. So they, they really want to get, get a peek inside the uh, look under the hood type of thing. But and I'm sure I to see what, what else is, is going on about. and yeah. what else is like, you know, happening right now behind the scenes. Cause I think they're all really in the dark and they're terrifying. Cause like we said earlier, I don't think they know what to expect. You know, he hasn't pulled any of his, you know, Trump cards, so to say, but well, let's go, Brandon. Is all I have to say. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just, just like I second that. <laughs> just like Trump said over the weekend, uh, which I thought was pretty funny and interesting. That 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 narrative is, and he did he did kind of say like I like the original one better. Yeah, basically, just like I yeah, love it. F I that love guy. It. <laughs> yeah, that's Trump for you, though. For sure. Yeah, it sure is. Um, so, what do you? I, I definitely am in the agreement with you guys in regards to uh, the subpoenas. I, I think we are all in the. Uh, agreeance that we're not going to find there's not going to be a high-ranking trump official Mm-mm. period or any yeah. of these people in the news whether it's bannon whether it's Posobiec, um all the other people that, that are going to have literally on any of their media their laptops their cell phones or ever promoted on anything they've done or written or inquired about inciting whatever the fbi helped happen on january 6th i think we can all agree with that Hundred percent. Yeah, you can't. You can't find it if it's not actually a thing. We've not been able to find jack shit on on Trump since the beginning. Nothing, and they're not going to find anything now. That's for sure. Like, imagine they are very careful, and obviously, we know that they are. They did not do these things, right? Uh, and regardless, they're going to be squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. They won't be able mm-hmm. to find anything. How, how many media, uh, corporate media shills went after Trump? The entire time and couldn't find anything that they anything. could pin on him. The only thing yeah. they could find was something that somebody else made up right. about him. And Anonymous that's the only thing that stuck. Yeah. <laughs> or just dumb, mean things that he says, which who cares? Yeah. yeah. It, it's true. hilarious. Like you would, I'm actually, I mean, we all love Trump, you know, and we knew he, you know, billionaire playboy lifestyle. But mm-hmm. to be honest, the guy is a very, he's got a really clean um, reputation and background apart from, you know, what some people might be offended by, but you know, so I, all, you know I guess being they, a womanizer, or I don't, which I don't really think he was ever a womanizer. He's just, he was just Donald Trump and yeah. the whole, like, I mean, for example, the whole grab him by the pussy. He said, you can, because whores that want money and <laughs> for you to buy them shit, we'll let you do it. He was literally furniture. talking about clout chasers, which is in my opinion, <laughs> an, an acceptable 
you know, way to continue on that conversation. He wasn't talking about like suburban moms from Virginia. Oh, no, not at all. Like they let you. I've, I've been in Hollywood. I've seen this shit happen. And liberals are some of the worst offenders you can imagine. It's mm-hmm. hilarious, too. And all he said was like the reality. They let you. Well, and then all these like left Hollywood actors, people in bands and stuff like that. It's like, you know, this is 100 percent true. Like, yeah. Of course they do. They're guilt of so many are guilty of it themselves. You know, oh, there's that projection thing again. Mm. Projection. Nasty bugger. Yep. They always accuse you of what they do. That's for sure. Yep. But if that was the only thing they could really say about him, I mean, guy's pretty clean, you know? Yeah, he sure is. Well, Darren Beatty appeared on Glenn Beck yesterday. Uh, to talk about some of the stuff that's going on with January 6th. I think it's good if we kind of uh, get a little insight from the man who's done probably the most work and the best work on the whole narrative since this thing has started. I think we could all agree with that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, He's out there really crushing it right now, and uh, we're looking forward to hopefully getting him on here soon as well. Ray Epps was standing right by him and whispered in his ear two seconds before he breaks down the barrier. This is the and 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 where is he? We he's at his ranch right now. Initially, the FBI put his face on its twenty most wanted people for January six. They said they did their whole spiel where they say we need the public's help in identifying this man. The internet, being the remarkable sort of crowdsource research tool that it is, came up with his identity within days. The feds did nothing with it, just crickets, until finally, like four months later, the day after Revolver News ran its piece on Oath Keeper founder and leader Stuart Rhodes, the day after that, the FBI quietly scrubbed Ray Epps' face from its most wanted database. And ever since then, they've had nothing to say about this guy Mm. who, of all people, from the video evidence seems to be, if there's anyone who's one of the main orchestrators of the initial breach, it's this guy, and he's riding around in the golf cart by his ranch, and other people, the grandmas, are rotting away in Abu Ghraib-style conditions in D.C. prisons. All right. That doesn't add up. Also, the boneless chicken, chicken wing, the mm-hmm. witch, and, <laughs> and a whole veritable plethora of boomers rotting away in that in that gulag down there in Washington, D.C. I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, he did mention Ray Epps and, and how— we all know he's an FBI plant now, mm-hmm. if not still actively doing work for them. You know, the person who did that citizen uh, journalist little kind of hit him up at his house a few weeks ago had their house raided by the FBI recently. Oops. Oh, that really? No way. Yeah. The one that, that took the video? Of, yeah, of him in his golf asking? court, the, what, what Darren Beatty was referring to. Yeah, yeah. He, he had his house raided by the FBI to see if he had wow. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had his, had his electronics seized. They're legit mafia, these dudes. They, like, I mean, these agencies are the mafia. No joke. It's hilarious that people are not realizing this by now. And they yeah. don't realize that the Streisand effect is yeah. a real thing. And by raiding that guy's house, they just oh, yeah. proved that he is uh, an informant. Yeah, they, exactly. They just literally confirmed to us. <laughs> I mean, they, they glow without knowing that they're glowing. It's, 100%. it's terrible. Yeah, there's nothing that says somebody's legitimate now then there's nothing more that says you're legitimate than, hey, guess what? The FBI just went and stole your they're shit so, so you can't so spread it. They're so stupid, though. It's so funny. 
It's like with the COVID jab, right? For the kids, they just added that that um, anti like it's like for hearts, like heart attacks. Yes. Yeah, they're basically yeah. confirming to us that it's gonna, yeah, more than likely going to have a heart problem. There was a whole lot of child heart attacks this yeah. in there just to counteract it. I mean, as kids, do you ever remember anybody having a heart problem? Never, never, no, Not very rarely, unless it was that, like a congenital heart defect. Yeah, they were yeah, born no. with it or um, really young, but nobody yeah. else had heart issues. No, nope. so it was extremely, extremely rare prior. Well, there's a lot of things that are very um, common now that were very rare back in the day, and it has a lot to do with the medical, the medical world imposing so many new things on on our kids. You know. Well, you want to frogs create gay? Yeah, exactly. You, you <laughs> want to know what else is really rare? Anyone who's actually an honest conservative or patriot ever appearing on Fox News anymore? In addition, or yeah. even more so with worst presidential debate moderator, Chris Wallace. <laughs> As this week, he hosted Liz Cheney, who made oh, claims God. against the American people, saying that anyone who pushes back from the narrative that the January 6th committee is anything other than the most patriotic committee ever performed, oh wow, or ever put together, is unpatriotic, and, oh. and, and essentially a criminal. Um, it was pretty hard to watch, but I had to watch it several times just to make sure I, you know, my brain wasn't being melted a la Dr. Fauci and I wasn't going to be shown spiders and snakes. Uh, very brave. but yeah, let's hear how she kind of weighed in on this whole thing. And I, we're all I've been in Washington. <laughs> Thanks. I think longer than you have 40 years. And, and you know, there were always divisions and we always argued about policy. What strikes me that's different now and not just now, but in recent years is we argue over facts. We argue over the truth. Congresswoman Cheney, there is talk now, talk that January 6th was a false flag operation, that Correct. it was a case of liberals in the deep state setting up conservatives and Trump supporters. Is there any truth to that? None at all. Mm. You know, it's the same kind of thing that you Fire. hear from people who say that 9-11 was an inside job, for example. <laughs> it is, um, oh, it's, it's oh un-American uh, to be spreading those Her kind of lies. Uh, and they are lies. And, and we have an obligation that goes beyond partisanship uh, and, and an obligation that we share, Democrats and Republicans together, to make sure that we understand every single piece of the facts about uh, what happened that day uh, and to make sure the people who did it are held accountable. Um, and uh, to call it a false flag operation to spread those kinds of lies is really dangerous. Congressman Clyburn, I think it's fair to say that, that your endorsement of Joe Biden just before the South Carolina primary saved his campaign and propelled him to the nomination and eventually to the president. Well, that's the kind of loving you're getting on Fox News every yeah. Sunday. Just in case you were wondering, Noah, because I know you love Christopher Wallace so much. Yeah. No? I'd love to punch him in the face. He's old. <laughs> it's just his punchable face, though. It's just almost too much to resist would he ever, i wouldn't actually punch him will he ever be would, the journalist i would, think that his I would punch him i would have no fucking problem <laughs> will he ever be the journalist that his father was uh never donald never. trump told him no yeah to his face <laughs> it's amazing well there you have it Jan january saying january 6th is a false flag even though we just listened to literally audio on how people like darren Beatty have essentially proved it um it is the same thing as comparing 9-11 to an inside job which we already all know pretty much was in a lot of context the case so yeah that's kind of where we're at in regards to january 6th last thing i want to touch on sublime while we have you today 
is uh, new revelations with the uh, Ashley Biden diary. Apparently, it uh, never existed before it existed. Never. And once it came into existence, it wasn't real until it was real. Um, it's <laughs> so like real. The, uh, yeah, it's so real now that uh, seven people from Project Veritas, including like James O'Keefe, yeah, have had their homes raided by the FBI uh, in regards to you know trying to intimidate the press into not reporting on this stuff. So if we're going to go by the formula, mm-hmm. that means that yes. they it's are right real. on target. Very. And, 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 and you know who, who's always on target? Um, friend of the show, one of our first guests, and, and one of the only true people in, in, in the actual media who has the balls to report the news before it actually comes across any of the major wires. The editor-in-chief of the National File, Mr. Tom Pappert, who I believe anywhere between six and nine months ago was reporting on this through his news agency. Um, after the Veritas raids by the FBI, Tom took to social media to put out a little bit of a statement on behalf of the National File, and, and let's listen to that real quick about how we talked about this has been around for longer than last week. Hi, everyone. I'm Tom Pappert, editor-in-chief of NationalFile.com. This is a special statement that I'm making. I have some notes here in front of me that I will refer to a couple times throughout it. By now, you are likely aware of a story we ran last year about Ashley Biden's diary. Well, last week, the New York Times and the FBI all but came out and confirmed the diary we published was, in fact, written by Joe Biden's very troubled daughter. In the diary, Ashley Biden described her sex addiction, her drug addiction, her many issues with her mental health. No, she and might be she blamed them, at mm. least in part, <laughs> on the fact that she believes she may have been molested when she was a little girl. She also mm. discussed probably not appropriate showers as a little girl with her father, Joe Biden. Last week, of course, the Southern District of New York and the FBI, both esteemed organizations, uh, served search yeah. warrants and law enforcement activities, as it is being reported, at two addresses associated with Project Veritas. Over the weekend, they would do the same at James O'Keefe, the organization's founder's yep. address as well. Well, the truth is National File did obtain a digital copy of the diary from Project Veritas. It came from a whistleblower within Project Veritas who was upset that a Project Veritas board member spiked the story. Yep, James O'Keefe confirmed In conjunction that. with mm-hmm. our whistleblower, National File confirmed the diary was authentic. We released it on our website over several days, and we ultimately released the entire 112-page diary to the public. Our whistleblower told us this diary was abandoned at an address where Ashley Biden used to stay. In reading the diary, that seemed to be likely. We have no reason to believe our whistleblower is being anything less than truthful with us. It is shocking to see the FBI and the Southern District of New York take these actions against journalists, especially as legal analysts have pointed out, considering the apparent conflict of interest with Joe Biden being the president of the United States of America. I don't know about you guys, but I love Tom Pappert. He's, he does a lot of good work over there for the limited resources he has. And like I said, I always promote them as having the balls to report the news before it hits the wire. And yep. they, they've done it on a consistent basis. You know, that, that you know, release he read confirmed what James Keefe, O'Keefe had said after the mm-hmm. FBI raid started saying that they had the diary, they examined it, they were able to determine to the best of their ability that it was real. However, they, 
It's like people that are in the conservative uh, arena don't want to use the same scumbag tactics that they're always trying to throw on people in the Trump movement and, and America First candidates. Anything to do with like, you know, affairs and, you know, just anything to do with gross stuff. And it seems like all of the stuff that gets verified, like her issues stemming back from possibly being molested by her brother or her father, um, you know, which are graphically outlined in parts of that that diary is something that would probably not look good in the middle of a presidential campaign. And then here we go having conservative, uh, you know, news outlets not reporting on it because they just don't think it meets that standard of reportable news. Well, I mean, it's been out there for a while now, you know, why are they doing this already? You know, and like we were just talking about earlier, how they, how retarded they are, that they confirm the lies that they deny the things that they deny as lies. They just confirmed this diary is real and it's damning. The information in there is is messed up, whether it's before the election or after. I mean, I think this was just an excuse to raid project Veritas and to, you know, strong arm them and, uh, you know, just fuck with them basically. Because, yeah, you know, they've been doing amazing work. Yeah, they've that, definitely been hitting some home runs lately. But but think about if that diary had gotten into the hands of, say, a foreign actor, mm-hmm. what kind of a security threat would that be for our, our president, right? So I, I don't know why um, they never took these things serious when they were first brought up. I mean, I think O'Keefe had gone to uh, the FBI, he had said, um, had gone to the police. And they, nobody ever took them serious. And it seems like it's, it's kind of like, shady. Yeah, it's like deja vu from Rudy Giuliani and the the Hunter Biden laptops when they raided his house, and he's like, "Hey, listen, you're taking all my stuff, but in this safe right here is the actual Hunter Biden laptop, one of the laptops physically here." And they're like, "Yeah, we don't want that." Yeah, yeah, it's Man. crazy, isn't it? It just proves like uh, we don't want it in our possession because then that means they have to do something about it. Yeah, even though digital copies that have been in their possession since the New York Post story have been being worked on, and I'm air quoting now, you know, since and they, they always say them. nothing to see here, but ignore our raids that we're doing. Yeah, yeah, pre-dawn. Well, this has been pretty good with uh, having Sublime on today. Definitely long time coming. Won't be the last time you're on our show, sir. And, and since we're in the week where we're having Robbie Starbuck. He's going to be joining us on Friday. Thank you for connecting us and, uh, you know, following up with us on that because that guy is really busy. He's got a lot of stuff going on with his wife. He's not only running a campaign, but he's he talks on so many different – he's a human trafficking. He's a border security guy. He's, he's got a lot of other passions besides just running for office, and, and, you know, we can't thank you. The people who connect us with people who wind up coming on the show for the sole purpose of getting them out to our listening audience, we can't thank you guys enough. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're you're welcome. Robbie's a great guy and a, a digital warrior on our side, on the right side of the, our cultural war. And he and his wife are, are some of the best people I, I know. So yeah, they are definitely f- good, formidable good opponents. To see them. Yeah, to say yeah. the least. And and we'll, we'll be really excited to have him on again. I know you touched on it briefly. Anywhere on social media. And again, send me those links in, on Instagram, and I'll make sure all of them get live linked into the show description yeah. today that we can have our listening audience directed your way or the movement's way. Give it to us again. Sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Gab, Getter, uh, and Reddit, and on Discord as Sublime and Slime. And um, our Discord is saveamericachat.com. That's a direct uh, to our, our link. Or you can look us up on Discord as Save America or America First type any of those names in there. 
On Reddit, you can find us at um, R the Congress, the underscore Congress. Um, that's where we're going to be hosting some AMAs uh, with candidates coming up. Yep. And I think we're about 30,000 subscribers. We got some growing to do. Um, nice. Reddit did ban uh, our attempt to bring a Donald Trump subreddit up before, um, before the election last year. Uh, but they did ban us like right after the election. Right. So, uh, we don't expect to be there long, but we'll keep trying like we always do behind enemy lines. Yeah, it's you guys are doing some great stuff and, and definitely one of the, the contacts that I've made along the way in this journey for our podcast that I'm extremely thankful for every day in regards to helping, you know, this show move along, grow and, uh, you know, we're out here helping you uh, just yeah. the same way that you're out here, uh, you know, helping us. And it's it's well, the only way we're going to be able to get it done. Yeah, because the least I could do after as many memes as I've stolen from your stories. Nah. Yeah, everybody, everybody look for <laughs> look for the links in uh, in our show description today. Sublime and slime. Uh, thanks for joining us on Steak for Breakfast. Yep, thank you so much. Well, what do you guys think of uh, Sublime and Slime? I like it. It's a nice little uh, anonymous like account. People we'll do, do not. Yeah, you know, if you follow him on social medias, like the generic ones, the Twitters, the Instagrams, right? You yeah. see his followers and who he's following. It's minuscule and then yeah it really is like on twitter you know it's like 200 100 same thing on instagram but the fact of the matter is what he's doing on discord and reddit with tens of thousands of people and getting these big time candidates and stuff influential people to come in and do town halls with the with the movement you never know who you're talking to like i I remember he was the person who originally said like, Hey, I'd like to do a meet and greet with you and Joe Kent. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then he asked me for my email. And like five minutes later, I got an email that was like Joe Kent, his um, scheduling coordinator, this guy and me. And I was like, and Joe Kent's like, yeah, we just did your town hall. I'd love to do the show. Is he available this week? And I was like, Oh, what? Hey, <laughs> tonight? Yeah. It escalated pretty quickly. And, and you never know what people are doing. That's why you just can't be blown off. Like people send me stuff all the time. Yeah, And I've talked about it. The adverse COVID vaccine stuffs, we know it. We know yeah. it contributes greatly to our shadow ban. We try right. to put as much stuff that, you know, we could verify. And by verify, I mean, like, you see Dr. Malone and some of the other more prominent doctors literally talking about it. But I can't put – guys, listen, everybody dying from the COVID vaccine side effects, I can't do all that stuff. But, but again, you know, I'll watch some of the videos. I'll interact with people when they send me stuff and tell them, you know, we're aware of it and stuff like that. We just – can't be blowing people off in the community because you never know who you're working with. I mean, I could have done like a yeah, right laughing gift to that guy and he could have went and took it to the next podcast or, or continued to just do his discord and his, uh, you know, Reddit feeds. And and we would have missed out on a lot of great people who have appeared on steak for breakfast. No, for sure. It's true. You like, you, you really don't know who you're talking to sometimes or, you know, honestly, because look, we're all shadow banned. I've been new. God knows how many times I'm severely shadow banned right now. It's, it's not even worth me posting. I only post like, you know, our shows when it comes up and yeah. whatnot. And, you know, I'm waiting up for that stories of people so I, I, I go to Twitter, uh, Telegram. Mm-hmm. I'm not on Twitter. I lurk, you know, I have all the other social media platforms. I lurk more so, but I have a big following on Telegram and on Instagram, but I can't really use it, you know, and a lot of these people, you know, for him, it's discord where he does all his work and, you know, I mean, Instagram is not for some people. That's where he's got his, you know, his flow going, his following. And it's kind of easier, too, because when you spread yourself on so many platforms, 
it gets it gets kind of uh, stressful. Yeah, and, and I could vouch for Discord because I've mentioned on the show before, like before and after we've had on uh, Tom Papert, the editor in chief from the National File. You know, mm-hmm. he was the creator of the God Emperor Trumps dank meme stash on Facebook, a group that got over a million followers before it was nuked. Yeah, that was epic. And oh then, you, you know, he, he started a Discord for it. And before that got nuked, which is like a first, I, you rarely hear of Discord because it because they're gamer chats. Like it was a couple hundred thousand people again. And the gamers get wild. Yeah, I yeah. thought that like that Discord for the most part is like sort of like Telegram, like kind of, you know, like it's not it's not Communand. Oh, no, they, they, they sent out an email that said that that Discord was being banned from the server, and then all of the admins and a lot of the mods got, you are banned from ever registering uh, a Discord on that audio device. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. Well, it's so good, you know. I just You have to be careful anywhere. I mean, even Telegram right now, like on my phone, uh, for example, there's some really good channels, but they post... I mean, you know, in the Anon world, there's like factions. Sometimes they post a little too extremist stuff and then they get, you can't see them. You can see some of their posts, but you can't see like uh, the, uh, what's it called? The the comments, for example. Yeah. Or if I click on the channel, I can't see any of the posts via my phone. Oh, there was. Now they're starting to do it on my computer too. So I think it's more so because of, um, it might be really bad shit, but for the most part, Telegram is really good. You know? Yeah, that Facebook and Discord group that I was in for the, Dank meme stash, the the Papert one. There were a lot of gamer revolution and OGs from 4chan in there, so you can imagine the level of memes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely not your kitchen table topic memes. Yeah, definitely. But you want to know what are some kitchen table topic issues? The, the Brandon administration got back to work yesterday. Oh no! And although we've played some. Tuesday edition of the press conference on this Tuesday edition of Steak for Breakfast. I did pull some of Monday's press conference for the show today just so we can circle back. Not with Jen Psaki, who apparently has COVID forever, but with uh, Kareen Jean. Yep. Yep. As she touched on a couple of issues yesterday, first one being the OSHA mandates. Now, we all know last week uh, the Supreme Court, Fifth Circuit, put an injunction in against the Brandon administration, basically stopping them from enforcing this for uh, private and public businesses over 100 members, the vaccine mandates. Like, you can't mandate it. You can't fire people for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They sat on it over the weekend. They talked about it on a few talk shows, but were vague about it. She just straight up yesterday went out and said that regardless of what the Fifth Circuit and the Supreme Court's doing, we feel that we're um, legally in the right, so everybody needs to keep enforcing the mandates. Let's literally hear her kind of parrot that. Weren't they saying before that they didn't think they had the rights to do any of this Basically shit? Basically break the law. <clears throat> yeah, essentially break the law. Yeah. Not surprised. Why not response to the uh, Fifth Circuit staying the OSHA rule, uh, the, the vaccine or test made, or if it's taken, uh, really take effect at the beginning of next year. Um, what's the, is the White House concerned that the legal wrangling surrounding that rule could delay the implementation of that? And what's the administration's message to businesses and, and Americans you know, who, are, who are subject to that rule? So broadly speaking, at least on the confidence, defending a policy is not a new thing from an administration, regardless if it's a Republican or a Democrat administration. This is something that happens all the time. Mm. The administration administration clearly has the authority to protect workers and actions announced by the president are designed to save lives and stop the spread of COVID-19. And as DOJ said, they will be defending these lawsuits. But I also want to step back for a second because there, there is precedent. 
clients here. You know, mm -hmm. the Department of Labor has a responsibility to keep workers safe and the legal authority to do so. The Secretary determines, Secretary of the Department of Labor determines workers at risk or what is called the grave danger. And if you look around and if we really, you know, zero in this past year, more than 750,000 people uh, have died of COVID. Uh, you have more, uh, 13, approximately 1,300 uh, people a day who are also, who continue uh, to die a day, as I said, uh, from COVID. If that's mm. not a grave danger, I don't know what else is, right? So I want to be really clear as well is that grave the Congress danger. empowered OSHA uh, with, through a law, through a law that has been in the books for more than 50 years. So this is an authority that we believe uh, that Department of Labor has. We are very confident about it, uh, confident about it. And just to, just to say, this is about keeping people safe in the workplace. And it's critical and it's important to do. And so that's that's the message that we want to send out. And what, let's look simply though to a business owner uh, who sees the headlines that you know the rule's been stayed now. Will should they prepare their employees now to get vaccinated, or should they? Wait no, that's a great question. I appreciate the question. We think we people should not wait. It's we mm. say do not wait to take actions Fuck that will keep Court. your workplace yeah. safe. It is important and critical to do. And waiting to get more people vaccinated will lead to more outbreaks and sickness. So this is about keeping oh people in a workplace safe. And so and what we're seeing is more businesses and school closures and most lost jobs and keep us keep us stuck in a pandemic that we're trying to end. Like we do not want that to happen. We're trying to get past this pandemic. And we know the way to do that is to get people vaccinated. So people should not wait. They should continue to, to go uh, move forward and make sure that they're getting their their uh, their workplace vaccinated. I'm getting to the point right now to where, like, I feel in, in my soul that, like, eventually a firing squad would be an easy way out for these people. I, I just 100%. I, I cannot understand the logic behind all this. The vaccine doesn't work. It doesn't slow the spread, which is one of the fucking key phrases they always use. Slow the spread, protect everybody else. It's like, okay, so we've beaten this horse to death, but I'm going to say it again. Beat it. You can still get it. You can still transmit it. So really. And your if, viral load is way, way higher. Yeah. And if like, you're, if you're vaccinated. Vaccinated versus. Yeah. If you're vaccinated, then you are protected. To it the kills extent. all your antibodies, all your antibodies, not just against COVID, just in for anything. Yeah, but I'm going on. I'm going on their logic without the. Uh, yeah, without but they the, don't the use any stuff. logic. Well, yeah, it's, but to them, the vaccine yeah. protects them. Yeah, how are they trying to just? This is so how they justify. How does it this make thing? any sense on either side? Like, if you're protected, but you can still spread it, I can still get it. How do it? I just it it boggles it, my it, mind. It, it, like, how it, does it matter what the fuck I'm doing? And die. You well, don't that's get fine. Sick and die. If I get sick and die, that's fine. That's my choice. I'll be fine. What about, I already what had about it those once. articles about people that died were vaccinated, but thankfully, it could have been worse. Know, it could have been. <laughs> be honest with you, I, I'm kind of retarded. Well, you might want to save that one, or we're gonna have to <laughs> circle back to it because we we've got Mayor Pete coming up pretty soon. Ugh. Wait, 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 though. Wait, wait. Uh, like. She's been, Saki's been gone, but you mm. know what? I don't even like this bitch either. Mm. Obviously, I don't like Saki, but she's actually a little bit more digestible than Saki in, in a way. She's I don't less know if irritating. You guys agree. She's less irritating. Huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, you guys don't she's, get to watch her face. Pretty. No, she, she, okay. Um, 
Well, she's cute. I mean, Saki looks like fucking Chucky. Cuter. You want to talk about people dying, not COVID related. Mm. Over the weekend, non-related to this topic, topic, but I need to throw it in there because it's breaking news across the wire and we're trying to keep our listening audience informed. This one might get repressed a little bit because I don't see it gaining any traction. Nancy Pelosi has requested a congressional inquiry into Rep. Paul Gozer for a meme he posted over the weekend which displayed superimposed faces of him as an anime character (laughs) killing AOC and President Biden. Wow. Samurai style. Come on. Nancy Pelosi is calling up for congressional investigation into memes. What about Kathy Griffin with Trump's head and then every fucking we know on the left like reposting that shit and cheering her on? Come on, these fucking people are so hypocritical. Yeah, that's I mean, coming, that's coming across worse, the but wire. It's, just, it's ridiculous at this point. They have nothing, and this is what they're wasting their time on. <laughs> sure is. And remember, Matt Gates pointed it out in the beginning of the show. In addition to this bullshit infrastructure, some of the hot topics that they you know have passed through this this house this year are the OSHA mandates, investigating Steve Bannon, and now going after. Rep Gosar for memes. Memes. So, um, Believable. Yeah. That, well, they were, they're effective. That's why <laughs> they, they they would love nothing more than to, to suppress our memes. And the funny part was, was like, you know, Gosar is a shit poster. And he basically put the video up, which obviously is fan made. But the caption was anybody like anime. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, and then, and then, then you see him like running through this stuff and they're like slicing and dicing <laughs> all these people up. It was pretty awesome. Um, you know, what wasn't awesome and, and something that we've touched on a couple times already is the proposed payments for the immigrants crossing the border illegally and whether or not they're going to get paid on, on. We don't even know if it's because of separation or Come on, man. She was pressed again on it yesterday and, and, and kind of had this to say. Now that the president is on the record uh, as of Saturday supporting compensation for illegal immigrants who no, are separated from family at the border, who counts as separated? If somebody was just separated for a few hours or a few days, would they be eligible to settle a suit she and get so this pissed. payment from DOJ? So, Peter, I will direct you to the Department of Justice for oh, any specifics oh. on that. We have, we have, you've asked us this question. We have answered it, and I will refer you to the Department of Justice. We would dodge it again and again. Great detail, though, about the policy. So, if he can answer it, I just, I'm curious. Going back to 2018, mm. some illegal immigrants were given a choice get deported alone or get deported with their kids. If somebody chose to be separated, chose to go back by themselves without their family, would they be eligible to settle one of these lawsuits? Peter, I'm going to refer you to <laughs> Department of Justice. I don't have anything more to say. How many times can on, I dodge okay? this? All right. Thank- yeah. Like, how many, this is a new way of saying circle back, but don't circle back to me. Circle back to them. How about if you talk to the Department of Justice and then have an answer? Like, I know that's her fucking job. Like have these. It's just like, remember Kaylee McKennany? She was so on point with that binder. She Mm -hmm. was ready for everything. She, she wouldn't answer, you know, and if she really couldn't answer, she would straight up say, I can't, you know, talk about that or I don't have that information yet. But she was always, you know, for the most part doing her job and no, that, that, that's true she would not only give you an explanation on why that's the stance of the administration she, if she needed to she would eventually tell you where you need to be referred to but it wasn't just by saying like peter stop asking the question yeah, yeah exactly and then she would come back you know She'd at, come back at, at a later time you know when she would have her you know the presser and answer those questions which is fine because i mean peter Ducey's kind of like He's good, though. I'm glad he's doing what he's doing. Right he, he's the best the boomers can do, but I don't know if you guys have seen or not or if you've been on Twitter too much today, but she's been 
reinstated Emerald Ooh. Robinson's back. Oh, is she? She's been shit posting all day and tagging people. Nice. <laughs> and, it, and it's pretty Love funny. It. She's like, I'm back with the vengeance, bitches. Well, I mean, you've had, uh, you know, we'll, we'll segue briefly on this COVID bullshit. Did she have any pictures of her, like, with a margarita on the beach? Mm. No, but a lot of people did, like, pictures of, like, her superimposed on, on like, people on vacation saying that they missed her. And I've, nice. I, I've done free Emerald Robinson posts several times a day. That's funny. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, funny. She got suspended for what she did. We talked about it in an extent on last episode. If you want to hear it, check it out. It's towards the end. Um, Steve Cortez, who's got a pretty large following on social media and is one of the major players on that network, uh, he's like the numbers guy of Newsmax, came out mm-hmm. on Friday and blasted the agency for proposing to mandate the vaccines because of the size of their business. And then you had Grant Stinchfield over the weekend do the exact same thing via his personal verified accounts. And then all of a sudden, it seems like Newsmax has now backed away from mandating the vaccine for their business organization. They, number one, won't be doing it. And that their own expense, not deep internal, but just rapid testing once a week at the business. I wonder if any of these businesses have done, like, all the tax shelter stuff people do where they start an LLC, an offshore account, and all this other stuff. It's like... All right, so if you're a medium-sized business, you got more than 100 people, you got less mm-hmm. than 500. What if you just start up a couple LLCs and just employ those people? Break it off. You know, a lot of county and state entities do that. People are doing that, actually. Yeah. I, I talked to someone, and they they actually said that people are doing it. That's a smart thing to do, in my opinion, if you have to. Well, I'm glad we, we were able to retouch on this because over the weekend, in a surprise Saturday presser, Big Dick Ron DeSantis came out talking about um, – what he considers a victory with this OSHA stuff, but also some of the warnings and, and, and you know, uh, things we should be wary of looking into it. I got, I got two brief clips on him. Let's, let's hear it and, and, and talk about how what a lot of he's saying uh, makes sense. Just be clear with what OSHA is doing. They're clearly not doing science because they reject immunity through prior infection. They reject the Israel study and all the very strong studies that have come out that show people that have recovered from COVID have strong protection. Uh, They totally cast that aside and they make no accommodation or acknowledgement of that in any way, shape or form. Uh, But ultimately, people should be able to make these decisions. I don't think people want this decision yanked away from them. I don't think they want to allow a precedent where the federal government could come in and just force you uh, to do what it wants you to do. And make no mistake about it, those individuals who have uh, been gone through a normal vaccination series for COVID, uh, you will be determined to be unvaccinated very soon. They will do Mm. that. They are going to tell you you're unvaccinated and you have to get a booster. Otherwise, you could potentially uh, face loss of employment or other types of penalties. So that is going to happen. They're not putting that in the rule, but they're already asking for feedback on how to do this going forward. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, It's going to get more restrictive. There's going to be more power brought to bear uh, going forward if we don't stand up now. Which I definitely like. You know, there are, I believe, 26, 27, or maybe even 28 governors who have joined the lawsuit um, that's kind of helping stay in this stuff. But he he did talk about the stupidity of it as well. Um, Listen to this clip, and then it's brief, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. It's interesting that this is being done under the guise of emergency power. Mm. This was announced two months ago, and it said this is an emergency and that this is grave danger is facing. Then why did it take you two months 
to issue uh, the rule. And then, of course, the rule doesn't take effect until January, mm. which is convenient because it's not going to, it'll minimize workforce disruptions over the holiday season, which we know we're likely to see anyways. And then this would only exacerbate that. So, I mean, that's a, a very valid point. I mean, this stuff was proposed two months ago, took two months to do, doesn't go in effect essentially for two plus more months, but it is the most dangerous and pandemic-y pandemic in the history of pandemics ever. Just using OSHA for this is just such a disingenuous bullshit tactic. Yeah. Like it's, it should be criminal. 100%. It is. All well, of it. Yeah. Do you want to know what's funny? I, I, I went on to, I was driving and, and trying to talk to Antoinette on the phone and, and she kept interrupting me because I was shit posting. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's one of those things. I saw something very similar to that, uh, on the way here. And it was, it was from one of the companies and I, I retweeted it and tagged both of them. So Pfizer CEO says people who spread misinformation or disinformation on COVID vaccines are, I'm quoting now, criminals. So I quoted the tweet and said executives from at Pfizer and at Moderna are eventually going to wind up in jail for what they've done to the American people. Right. So and, the, cr the criminal calling us criminals. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Projection. It sure is. Um, you know what so else? Retarded. It, it's hilarious that they keep doing the same shit, following the same playbook. And like, you know, everybody, when I say everybody, I say for the most part, the majority of people see it, but like they don't, <laughs> they keep doing the old stuff. Like they're not trying to do better or be more like, um, how do I say it? Sneaky, you know, just... you must be referring to people who are like calling out others for their stance on, on choices for medical freedom or that. Well, everything is just so out of control now. It's like yeah. the, the election stuff, the COVID stuff, they've overextended themselves to the point where there's nothing they can do but just keep running blindly into the wall and just hope yeah, and doubling down on out. their fucking bullshit yeah. it's like hey guys you know if you were to really try and accomplish these things you might want to kind of reinvent your plan a bit or adjust it but they keep going hardcore like it's it's hilarious to me well i don't know <laughs> how much money moderna and or pfizer pays for advertising time on fox but we do know after yesterday, Terry Bradshaw, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, went out and went on a Pfizer and Moderna enraged rant. Nice. Uh, yeah, on, on, on Fox NFL Sunday. Hopefully, enough people have walked away to not really give it ratings, but you're going to like some of these talking points that he kind of circled back to, Noah. I kind of wish I used to watch football so I could walk away from it. Well, I'd give Aaron Rodgers some advice. It would have been nice if he had just come to the Naval Academy and learned how to be honest. Yeah. Learned, learned not to lie, because that's what you did, Aaron. You lied to everyone. I understand immunized. What you were doing was taking stuff that would keep you from getting COVID-19. You got COVID-19. Ivermectin is a cattle dewormer. Sorry, folks, that's what it is. Uh, it's we horse, are a divided sir. nation politically. We're a divided nation on the COVID-19, whether or not to take the vaccine. And unfortunately, we've got players that pretty much think only about themselves. And I'm extremely disappointed in the actions of Aaron Rodgers. Well, no that's me no longer being a fan. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to kind of do anything in regards to professional sports in the United States anymore for stuff like this. I mean, I that's on the halftime show of, of, a, of an NFL game. That was a halftime show? Yeah, and this was after 
you know, uh, it, it was revealed on Friday that Aaron Rodgers had come had tested positive for COVID. We're not going to say has COVID now. He tested positive. You could take that for whatever it is. The, the tests are bullshit, so I don't believe that. Well, and who, nobody who administered the test? Flu. So please, positive or, or negative with no symptoms. I mean, come on. And yeah, it was, so it, think about it. it. It goes with the narrative. Yeah. It goes against the people's natural immunity and all the other things that they're doing. It was mm-hmm. administered by the NFL. Just think of, you know, what, you think Pfizer uh, has some NFL ads floating well, around? Here's the thing. It was, I mean, Terry Bradshaw kind of gave it away, but he was doxxed by somebody later <laughs> on uh, on Friday night that he was unvaccinated. And, Ooh, and, to run, and because he's a top five quarterback in the NFL, he was kind of like one of the people who was skating around some of the procedures the NFL has to, I'm air quoting now, protect their players. <sighs> There were calls for him to be dropped as the lead spokesperson for Allstate all weekend. However, this morning, Allstate issued a statement saying that they respect someone's medical choice and freedom and it would not affect in any way, shape, or form his job to earn money as a representative for the insurance agency. Yeah, I was pretty surprised mm-hmm. by it too, but but that's kind of what they put out there because they know he's he, – I'm not really a huge fan. He's probably one of the greatest stack guys quarterbacks of all time. Well, what are you going to like shit on, shit on your cash cow? Right? <laughs> Even though the prices are ridiculous. Um, I know, right? Well, there is one, two other things we're going to touch on now. We, we've long ago rounded third and are heading home. Um, I, I think one of the things that definitely needs to be talked about, though, is uh, big gay infrastructure mm. and how racist it could be. Oh, gosh. I don't know if you, you heard about this, Noah, but infrastructure is apparently extremely racist. Really? Yes. And uh, Well, I mean, that makes sense because that's the, you know, everything's racist now. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to be rounding up uh, our segment today on, on the Brandon administration getting back to work by playing a couple of, uh, you know, clips from one of our fa- favorite paid ops, Tucky, mm. and how he kind of broke down a few of these things. Uh, The first one is Mayor Pete, the transportation secretary, zero experience, unstrapped the prosthetic boob, because he is learning how to chest feed, to appear at the White House press conference yesterday to talk about how, whether you know it or not, there are several things that have to do with transportation that are racist. Like, Like what? Like location of where you sit on the bus or? Close. Bridge size. Listen here. Bridge size. (laughs) station well for one thing hilarity would ensue it happened today the transportation secretary pete Buttigieg held a press conference to brag about the new quote infrastructure bill that biden just signed a highly aggressive know nothing called april ryan who apparently works for some kind of website asked Buttigieg this question no we are not making this up we pulled the words directly from the transcript quote can you give us the construct of how you will deconstruct the racism that was built into roadways end quote Now, in a normal country, if you heard that question, you'd ask the person to repeat the question because obviously you must have misheard what she said. And if she said it again, you would laugh at her because that's truly insane. Roads can't be racist. You can't build racism into a road. Roads are made of sand and gravel and asphalt. Ask any road builder. Roads cannot be racist any more than toasters or sectional couches can be racist. They are inanimate objects. They're not alive. That seems obvious, but apparently Pete Buttigieg didn't know it. Maybe he did know it, but he was afraid to say it. In any case, here's how he responded. 
I'm still surprised that some people were surprised when I pointed to the fact that uh, if a highway was built for the purpose of dividing a white and a black neighborhood, or if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or there would have been, uh, in New York was was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, that that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Here we have news. According to the Department of of Transportation, the secretary, overpasses in New York were designed to keep buses of black and Puerto Rican kids from getting to the beach. And yet here's the amazing part. Those very same overpasses somehow allow buses full of white kids to get through. That sounds like magic. How does it work? Well, it's possible the overpasses that Buttigieg referred to are actually drawbridges manned by vigilant bigots with binoculars. Here comes the Puerto Rican bus or the overpass. You may laugh, but in a systemically racist country, it's entirely possible. No laugh. Or maybe come to think of it, the problem is the buses themselves. In New York, children of color are being herded into unusually tall buses, like those top-heavy double-deckers they used to have in London that the Beatles sang about, just to prevent them from reaching the ocean. You can't get to the beach in a bus like that. And we don't know exactly what's happening here, but we agree with people to judge 100% that it's morally wrong. It's not who we are. So thank heaven he's got a trillion dollars to get to the bottom of the racist road problem in this nation. That's it for us. <sighs> what I is, I, uh, he okay. is literally commenting on a, an actual statement we heard from a fucking cabinet member of the United States government. It's insane. Uh, it, it's funny for him to make fun of it, but that's that's literally what it is. One of the top 12 highest powerful people <clears throat> in the federal government answered a question without laughing or asking her to restate or rephrase it on how roads are racist. It's insane, really. But this guy's a fucking CIA plant. Anyway, and how so, okay, know, so, this, is what, this is his job. This is what he's supposed to do. So, <laughs> but it's still retarded. So the bridges are set at a certain height to keep a specific demographics bus, bus patrons from getting to the beach. Unreal. Are they saying that, like, maybe that's because... Everybody else had cars. I mean, devil's advocate here, maybe. I don't know. Maybe only the poor people on the bus, but I don't know. Well, what about the, like discrimination against uh, people that drive lorries, like semi trucks? Like they can't, they can't drive on every road yeah. either. <laughs> I would like to specifically see in some inner cities who are geographically located in close proximity to beaches, where in fact a certain bus carrying only blacks and Puerto Ricans would not be able to go through where in turn a different bus on the same road going under the same bridge filled with only whites could pass. Bullshit. Go to New York, Jones beach. Oh, like, come on, man. Like for, this is just insane. (laughs) If I want to go to the beach, I'll get off the bus. I'll walk under the bridge and get on another bus. Uh, It's almost like a, you know, like a bus station. Interchange beaches. How about just buy them a a private helicopter or a jet so they don't have to deal with it. Well, they could use part of their $450,000 payments for that. (laughs) Well, last topic we're going to talk on. It's, it's going to be one that we all kind of enjoy. We're going to hear the backup press sec talk about Joe Biden's tanking numbers uh new polls out today show him at uh 37 percent overall how many points down is that you know how they inflate numbers right i i honestly honest to god i believe it's way much lower i I would say 27 percent how would would you be a better reflective how would you verify that like where is the actual data being derived from this is the stuff that's coming from quinnipac which is essentially one of the most but who has access to it just them quinnipac Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, they are not uh, a conservative pollster. That they they're from a university okay. and are are done using science. 
Hmm. You, you know, Wait, hold on a second. Science is racist. I know. So more accurately, though, in the same poll, they reported that Kamala Harris is now coming in at a whopping. This is probably more accurate. 28%. Ah! I, I would say I would say like 10, maybe. And I, and I like to remind everybody, one of my favorite stats on her is that well, she, great po- to see that. she polled at 1.8% favorability nationally before dropping out yeah. of the 2020 presidential election as a candidate before they even got to her own state. I didn't even right. know she was a candidate. Exactly. So that right there. Well, yeah. Don't you remember when she called <laughs> Joe now Biden racist? Now she's VP. I can't even imagine. It must be even less than what she was polling at the time. I forgot about the calling Joe Biden a racist. So l- let's. No, that was a debate. <laughs> remember? Let, let's hear the backup he press talk about these numbers before we have, in the best way he can, Tucky bring it home with a reflection on it. Um, the president's and the vice president's poll numbers have been falling. Um, how big of a concern is that for this White House, particularly with an eye towards the midterm elections just a year from now? Are you talking about a particular poll? No. No, just in, in general? Mm. So, look, you know, one of the things that I want to say is that we are confident that our policies uh, will improve the lives of nearly every American. And so grow our economy and create jobs. That's our focus, to make sure that we continue to push the president's economic policies. And, you know, look, polls are all over the map, and that's not going to be our focus right now. The president was also asked this uh, last Tuesday, and he wants to make sure that we deliver for the American public. Mm. And that is uh, that is what we're going to uh, – that's what we're going to focus on. And also, like, poll after poll, um, including uh, the poll that you may be thinking of or other polls that are out there, uh, has showed us the components of the bipartisan infrastructure deal and the Build Back Better framework are very popular. And that's important uh, to note. And American families want to see these historic investment in infrastructure. They want to see it in care. They want to see in competitive. They want to see in this addressing the climate crisis. And so that's what we're seeing and that's what matters as we're moving forward is delivering for the American public. So polls don't matter, right? You're, you're not focused on polls, but you that's all they did. <laughs> Polls don't matter, and they're racist. However, polls showed favorability for the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Same <laughs> one minute and 20 seconds of audio. Oh, no, you look puzzled. You look like you're at the... Uh, I'm just like... <clears throat> when we used to go to the auditorium when we were little, and we'd look at the, the constellations <laughs> on the roof. I'm just... The mental anguish that somebody who is a, a logical free thinker yeah. besides us must be going through when... Like, okay, so we're exposed to a lot of this stuff. We kind of do it for our hobby here. Yeah. We delve pretty deeply into this stuff, and Mm -hmm. maybe we're more aware of it than a lot of people, but just imagine being... Fit to report it. One of those free... Yeah. Paid to report it? Mm, (laughs) One of those free thinkers that think logically, and then just as you watch the cracks form in the wall... And everything start to fall apart. And then you start noticing just how absolutely ridiculous everything that's going on is. But you still don't want to admit it. But in the back of your head, you're just like, fuck this. Uh. And, and like people that don't have like, you know, like a like a community like us or people to talk to about it. You know, Yeah, they're just sitting like, there stewing. Totally just like, their- I can't admit that Trump was right. Yeah. But Trump was right. Well, well, thank God only 3.1 thousand people, probably half of them are bots, watch those 
press conferences from like the press sec and stuff. Anyways, I mean, the only way that would have been 81 million views, a funnier press sec. And uh, like with Pete Buttigieg is if he wore the tit, the prosthetic tit, it would, it would have been the only thing that would have made it better. Let's figure out a way that prosthetic tits are racist. <sighs> Antoinette, you want to weigh in on that? Um, I don't know yet. We'll see. <laughs> well, t- technically, she did show us one before the show started. Technically. Facts. Um, now, Noah mentioned 80 million whatevers. We're going to wrap up today w- w- with a clip from Tucky who talked about those tanking poll numbers. Um, let- let's hear what he ha- kind of had to say about the two most popular candidates in the history of the universe. <laughs> and deeply unpopular president of the United States. At this point, pretty much no one likes Joe Biden or will admit it. The latest USA Today poll has Biden at a terrifying 38% job approval rating. Biden's been in office less than a year, and already two-thirds of voters do not want him to run again. How unpopular is Joe Biden as of tonight? Let's put it this way. He's only 10 points above the single most despised person in the United States, which is his own vice president. (laughs) Jeffrey Epstein now has more admirers than Kamala Harris does. And that is the territory that Joe Biden now occupies. So it's genuinely bad, and it has political effects, as we saw last week. The question is, why is this happening? Why are people so dissatisfied all of a sudden with Joe Biden? Well, the obvious answer is, and you're going to hear a lot of people say this, Joe Biden is senile and ineffective. But if you think about it, that's not true. It can't really be true, because voters knew perfectly well all along that Biden was doddering. They knew that when they elected him. It was obvious even then. In fact, it was part of his appeal. Biden was too slow to be threatening to anyone. This was not a guy who was going to be making a lot of sudden moves. If you secretly wished it was still 1985, Joe Biden was your man because he was under the impression that it actually was. So no, senility is not Joe Biden's main problem. It is Joe a Biden's problem mm. is weakness. Biden is afraid. You see it every time you look at him. He's overwhelmed. Yeah. He's off balance. And that's why he's so often snappy yeah. and aggressive. Because underneath it all, he feels anxious. Biden isn't always sure where he is or what's happening around him. So a man like that cannot possibly lead a country this complex. But the problem is his weakness makes him a target for predators. Ideologues like Susan Rice or Barack Obama can take a man like that hostage and make him read their scripts. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying it on this show for a year. Uh, people like those bad actors, in addition to a whole bunch more, John Kerry, Comey, Clapper, Brennan... Um, you know, Holder, they, they're, they've all got their talents into them and, and, and they're all directing kind of the narrative. It, it seems like we're living through another Barack Obama presidency, which was prophesized and now seems to be what we're like kind of living through. Ugh. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty sad. So what what do you think about that? Uh, I, you, you dropped a damn in there. You like it? Yeah, that was pretty good. So I'm like the only great. thing worse than him. Oh, never mind. They're, they're on the same team. Sorry. My bad. It, it was pretty funny when it said more people admire Jeffrey Epstein than they do Kamala Harris. <laughs> oh, did, my God. Who didn't kill himself. Sure didn't. You know what did kill itself, though? What? This episode of the show. <laughs> Not bad. No, we crushed it again. Uh, as usual, everybody, all of our guests were amazing. And, uh, you know, I think the content was just as delicious as everybody has come to know and apparently now love um you know what else i love is following the steak for breakfast podcast on all downloadable podcasting platforms Damn! 
You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Google Podcasts, FM Player, and now iHeartRadio. Uh, subscribe to the show, rate it. Don't forget to leave a review. And like we always ask you to, download, listen, like, follow, and most importantly, share our content. Break that band. Show creds this week obviously go to uh, our guest. We had on Mish Geisha Montez, the queen co-host of Stay for Breakfast, and Sublime and Slime. Doing a lot of great stuff. You'll find their links in the show descriptions today on the podcasting platforms. Make sure you give them all a follow. And more importantly, why don't you start contributing to some of the stuff they're doing because it's really important. In addition to them, as some of the usuals, the Bread Room, Dawnstar1776, The Moose is Loose, Cues for O's, Cagbro88, the Patriotic Babe Accounts, Christina Bob of OAN, Mike Crispy of Brightside Broadcasting Network. Welcome back, Emerald Robinson from Newsmax, and Welcome. Tom Pappert, the editor-in-chief of The National File. Um, friends, don't forget to follow all of our sponsors. Help make small American businesses great again. Headphone needs, odyssey.com. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. Whether you like gaming or listening to podcasts with headphones on that are of the highest quality, check them out. Go burn some money there. They do sound nice. Man rubs. Gobble, gobble. Mm. Turkey's coming. Listen. If you're going to go ahead and pay $80 for a turkey, you might as well shake up some man rubs, rub it up, bake it in the oven, get those giblets going, slicey, slicey, num, num, num. Manrubs.com, they're on Facebook and Instagram. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. Check out his newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com via the telephone at 870-6992 with a 619 area code. And you can find him on Facebook Messenger as well. Mediocre medics for our law enforcement, first responders, etc. out there. Uh, tactical gear done right on their Instagram. You guys will thank me later. And then the Patch Father, Mark Joe Friday, dumpbox.us. Find him on Facebook. Find him on Instagram. Go and support all of these businesses that help make steaks great again. Friends of the week. Real Brenda Memes X. That Southern dude. The Duke of Memes. Dank Elvis. Snack Nicholson, backup account, Uncharted Territory, coming in hot with some posts for our IG. You know who else was? Hubertos. Yes. And the 2.0 account. We love you guys. Mostly peaceful memes. Richard Ratboy, of course, the gold standard. Grand old memes. Guys, don't forget, Sheep No More, Gabriel Savage, they got the Sheep No More podcast. Two episodes out now. Go and follow them. In addition to a lot of our friends who support us in the community, Alan over at the Great Divide podcast, James and his crew at We the People Radio. And make sure you're uh, following all of our friends, contributing to uh, their social medias, and following all of their podcasts as well. Upcoming shows. We were supposed to have Kyle Becker on today. He had some news-related material that he was working on, some very important meetings. We'll be rescheduling with him soon. I think Geisha and Sublime and Slime were two pretty good fill-ins, if you ask me. I like it. This Friday, we're going to have Elizabeth Jade, formerly of Playboy and of Maxim, and congressional candidate out of Tennessee, Robbie Starbuck. It's going to be a good show. The following Tuesday, we're going to have our Border Wars episode. Natalie Denise and Jorge Ventura, same episode. Should be good. We're going, to, we're going to be talking about the border and all things uh, that are going on with them. They're both working on documentaries. They're both the safest and most secure border in the history of borders. Oh, they'll confirm it for us. Yeah. Hopefully, Jorge will talk about that uh, incident where the coyote walked the guy up to the fence and then pulled a gun on him. $450,000 each. <laughs> 
uh, next Friday, we're going to have on a- Amanda Milius. She is the director of Plot Against the President. It's a documentary that she put out. It's very popular in our neck of the woods, and it's going to be her- good to hear what she's got going on in addition to um, hearing her take on some of the hot toppies going on in our country. On the 23rd of November, Miss Gabby Fox is going to circle back. On the 26th, we have congressional candidate out of New Jersey, Trisha Flanagan. And on the 30th, we're going to have a big episode. In addition to having Zuby coming on, nice. we're also going to be joined by, you guys probably know him as He's Your Narrator, Mr. Chris Paul is going to be bringing everything that he brings to his High Noon podcast down here for some steak for breakfast. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good back end of the month for us, I think. In mm-hmm. addition to whatever we add to the schedule uh, between now and then. I know I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. We're still coordinating with Dr. Sarasky. We've gotten to the schedules for Dr. Peter Navarro. And uh, we're going to make sure that we get these people out and get them on the show so you guys can all hear it. But you know, you know what else you need to hear is the things you need to do between now and the Friday edition of Steak for Breakfast. You may, be, you may know them by now, but it's still do your own research. Very important. Don't be like Mayor Pete or the press secretary who never knows what they're talking about and can't answer a question. I already answered that question. Do your own research. I'm going to refer you to the DOJ. Yeah, the DOJ. <laughs> Hold the line. The DOJ. Ride it. Buy the dip. Get the fuck in here. Snatch the wigs. Ice your balls. Mm. Let's see what happens. Most importantly, where we go one, we go all. This has been episode 80. Hit the big 8 already. Tuesday edition of Steak for Breakfast podcast. We'll be back with 81 this Friday with Elizabeth Jade and congressional candidate Robbie Starbucks. On behalf of the podcast team, I'm Roan. Noah? Bye. Miss Antoinette? Hi, guys. Big Lovely show. as usual. Excellent job today, team. Thanks for listening. Take care. She stepped in the other room to answer the phone. And hookers more than I trust Dr. Fauci. If you've been exposed without a rubber, if you've been exposed to cocaine and hookers without a rubber, you are hereby immune from ever catching COVID. I am. Way to go! Oh, scissor me timbers!